0: Welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My name is Chet. And uh, today we are interviewing Mikey Rotella, who's a really great sculptor in the effects business that I just kind of missed. I was getting out. He was getting in as a sculptor, I guess. I knew him as a mold maker and he's climbed the ranks to be one of the best sculptors in the business. So um, really super fun talking to him. He's kind of this uh, a younger generation of sculptors and effects. So it was really great chatting with him about the current state of effects and hearing his story about how he got into it. Really fun, really interesting, great conversation. Uh, so that's coming up. I got my dog in here with me. She's afraid of the wind because it's windy outside. I don't know why she's afraid of the wind. I got a new chair, so you will hear no more chair squeaks. Listen. I'm rocking back and forth. No squeaks. This chair is amazing. Um, my other chair, I was noticing how badly it squeaked constantly, and then it started falling apart. So I had to get a new chair. If anybody wants a really good office chair, someone recommended on Twitter to me the Steelcase. Oh, what's it called? Leap, case Leap like $850 chairs. And I found this place on eBay that refurbishes them. So I got it for like 250 bucks. And this thing is so solid. It's great. What a chair. I love it. The only problem is now I don't want to get up out of it. Uh, Okay. So yeah, that's what's going on here. A new chair, uh, uh, shipping dystopia books. I'm at 328 books shipped, which is well over half. I have, I'm still confirming addresses and all that stuff. So it's almost done. I got the dystopia talking boards, Ouija boards. I had got those made. Those are all packed up and ready to ship. So getting dystopia rewards out. Oh my God, it's finally happening. Um, so that's good. Uh, still my goal. I'm going to, I know I'm going to, I'm going to make it this year. It's going to be done, wrapped up. I mean, if I had, if everybody contacted me on Kickstarter, I would be able to ship all the rest of the books, but people don't check their Kickstarters and the the Kickstarter has limited the way I can contact people on there. So uh, because it's five years old, the, the project, so it's just a pain in the ass. I have to go through one at a time basically and email everybody, get another 300, 300, or let 295 addresses confirmed anyway. So that uh, I'm supposed to be starting the zombie death bots paintings, but I'm about a week behind on that. Cause I'm doing tool posters. I have to get those out and yeah, working on tool poster doodles and then I'm going to start the zombie death bots paintings and Kickstarter rewards is my life dystopia. I'm dying to promote this book. I, I want to, you know, I'm going to have Mike on for the podcast. We're going to talk all about the book and how we made it. And But I'm, I have to wait until I can, you know, start selling them to the public even though I do have them on my um, website for pre-sale, but they're, you know, they're not shipping until all the Kickstarter stuff goes out. Um, so, uh, you know, it's it's weird. My hands are tied. I feel like I want to promote, I want to go on a book promotion and, and promote the hell out of this book. Cause, cause it came out so well, but I'm still, uh, haven't delivered them all to the Kickstarter people. So I kind of want to wait anyway, we'll see how it goes. Um, uh, what else? I guess that's that's it. Oh, sponsor! Sponsor! Skull shop. If you if you're if you're listening to this and not watching the video podcast, that's a, that's a skull shop skull opening and closing its mouth how good that is it's amazing anyway they're sponsoring us if you join at the five dollar and above level on the patreon at the end of the month we will draw names and you can win a free skull and they've got the most amazing skulls in the skull business so if you want to take part in that you can just go to patreon.com slash dark art society and join up. And uh, you can join for as little as a dollar. But if you join at the $5 and up level, you can get a free skull. Possibly. You're entered entered to in the drawing. Uh, but even at the dollar level, you get uh, entry to the Facebook group. And uh, I think at the $3 level, you get on the Discord. I don't know. Everything's crazy. There's so much going on. I just can't keep up. I'm at this point where I just it's like everything's great, but it's just too busy. It's too crazy. anyway, um, is there anything I- I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh, new subscribers. uh, I don't think there are new subscribers this month. <laughs> we had two people delete their pledges. Well, Tanya Tracy uh raised her pledge thank you tanya and let's see jen's warming raised his pledge so thank you for that again if you want to join patreon.com slash dark art society uh be part of the community lots going on um i guess that's it i keep thinking there's something i'm not saying but it's probably not true uh let's get on with the the interview cuz you probably fast forwarding anyway through this part uh, all right here we go let's get on with it the interview with mikey rotella hope you enjoy it here yeah. Hello, Mikey. What's up? It's Mikey, right? Or do you go by Mike or Michael? I'm, I've always known Mikey. you as Mikey.
1: Yeah, yeah. My, Mikey's kind of fun just because nobody <laughs> goes by Mikey. So I feel you know, if you can do a Johnny or a Tommy, why can't you do a Mikey? You know yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I've always, I, I was introduced to you as Mikey. So I just always thought of you as Mikey.
1: <laughs> cool, cool. I don't, I don't mind Mike or Michael, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But Okay. But mikey seems a little easier because there's like always 50 mics in the room right.
0: right yeah yeah okay so we'll go with mikey so how's it
1: going mikey <laughs> doing awesome man I'm, I'm pumped to be here oh
0: great yes thanks so much for coming on the show i've been uh, admiring your sculpture work for years now and uh and you're you're carrying the you're carrying the boogity monster torch
1: nice <laughs> nice it means a lot man it means a lot especially coming from you i've been a fan forever Like literally forever probably since i was about 10 or 11 years old (laughs) and uh i just i just wanted to show you right here why i got a little something
0: oh no way you have that (laughs) gore zone (laughs) that's about
1: that's about as long as i've been a fan so there you go
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was gore zone god i was like 21 or something or god 21 or 22 that's crazy that's too funny that's
1: awesome man not not to put you on the spot but that was was huge you know seeing seeing that was huge you know that that meant like oh man there's real people out there doing this stuff i want to be one of these guys you know and i stuck with me forever so that's huge and now you ask me to do this i mean that means the world seriously so
0: that's awesome well that's great i appreciate it yeah it's cool and i might
1: be the I might be the only guy that, sorry to interrupt. I might be the only guy that takes boogity as a compliment.
0: (laughs) I meant it as a compliment.
1: (laughs) You know exactly, you
0: know, exactly what I meant. Oh
1: yeah. I love it. It's like,
0: I, I, am trying to, I got out of effects and now I'm trying to carry that same torch with, put it into fine art as you know, to kind of like represent that, you know, we're serious about this in a way. It's like, I'm serious about, I think monsters are just the coolest shit ever and so the idea of like putting them as fine art you know it really came to me working at rick's i was like you know this is fine art it's just not in the fine art context these guys are better sculptors than any of the blue chip artists that are that are making money as sculptors you know the people in effects and it's just like it's just the and it's why i started kind of doing those conjoined shows it's like it's the context that really that uh We'll will get people to consider it like a real art form. You know what I
1: mean? Definitely, definitely. And it's 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 kind of a bummer because we're the only people that understand that being yeah. inside and seeing seeing the talent that that's in these shops and people outside, especially in the fine art world, they might not know. So this oh, is yeah. a huge opportunity. I mean, you're you're you know spearheading that whole movement to show people. And the cool thing is that people are actually catching on now. So that that's yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah, wow. I think it's changed, I think it's changing, it's become more accepted and uh, you know like with Germo's tra- that traveling show of his, it's like that was in fine art museums up alongside, you know, real fine art paintings and stuff, you know, that was really kind of a legitimizing
1: thing for all of us, I think. Totally. As it should be, as it should mm-hmm. be because the talent is is astronomical and the the te- you know, attention to detail, the technical, you know, skill, yeah. it's it's uh, it's kind of unheard of. I always say that's why I love, you know, creature effects, you know, and, and, and sort of the effects movie world. I mean, we have so much going on in one place. It's like every type of art is represented in one way or another. You have all these different technicians and, and, you know, it's like an assembly line of super talented people, right. You know, from, from engineers to, to, you know, to artists, it's insane.
0: Yeah, it is amazing. I don't think, you know, even though effects have gotten so much more popular, uh, over the years, I, I still don't think people, people don't realize how, how much goes into this stuff, you know, unless you work on some big movie and see it happening, you know, you got like, you know, like Mark Satrakian who also, you know, I don't know if he's even in the business anymore, but it's like, he's mechanizing these amazing, uh, animatronics and then, and then he's like moonlighting, making robots for the government, like high tech robots. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, that's the level that the, these things are done at, you know, the yeah. highest level.
1: Not to mention robot wars and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, right. He's like he's not messing around. Right. Yeah. No, he's he, I think he's still around, man. And and that guy, he's one of those, those, you know, he's a perfect example. I mean, that's like the top. Like mm-hmm. you're not gonna get anyone better at what he does as specific as what he does is. And and that's you know, people aren't aware of that stuff, which is why I love that you see a lot of behind the scenes stuff more mm-hmm. and more, you know, and that, and that's the stuff that that got me interested. I mean, like I was, you know, Gore Zone you know, had right. all these great how-tos and and the fx labs and all, all that stuff and uh being able to see lights camera action and movie magic and all those shows the 80s was a huge time to sort of show what was going on behind the right. scenes and it's only gotten more and more and more and now here you come taking the fine art world and sort of shoving our effects monster yeah. you know, <laughs> creature world in their face and go look look you see now what's yeah. up now yeah. it's
0: it's pretty big yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying, I'm doing my best to shove it in the faces. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That's uh, great. You know, it's funny. I worked with Satrakian on The Blob when it was like one of his. I think it was one of his yeah. first movies because there was a lot of us. We were like new, and um, he had this uh, like three inch bird mechanical bird head he had made, like a miniature mechanical bird head, and it was like radio controlled eye blinks and it was like this little teeny bird head and he i remember he brought it in and he was showing everybody at the shop and it was like whoa this dude's a total genius full-on genius you know and he was just like young like we were all so young back then and he was doing this shit like i guess i think maybe he had worked at ilm before that or something he's just amazing
1: that's so crazy and yeah the, the the fact that he can do the delicate intricate stuff as well as like the big you know crazy hydraulic you know just mm-hmm. just wild but yeah. the blob that that's that's a huge moment right there i mean that just so many awesome people on that thing i would kill to have been in that world with you guys you know what i mean like that yeah. time was perfect you know i know it's, it was
0: it was amazing it was like I feel so lucky that I got in on that. Cause if in a way, and I, I, I half joke about this, but it's kind of true. It's like, even though, you know, there's always these peaks and valleys and stuff, it was never like that again. It kind of slowly went down because of the <laughs> budgets time frames. we had, like, it was a long production period. It was all these like star effects, people like Sean McEnroe for, I mean, Sean, oh, Ma- when was the last time you heard of that guy, Rick, Rick's group, Bill Sturgeon. Um, Lyle Conway, Satrakian, Bill Corso, when he was just like a kid, like all of us and, uh, all these bunch that, oh, Mike Smithson, Brian Wade, uh, there was just a bunch. It was like this all-star team and there was like a lot of time and a lot of money. And I was so like green. I was like, I, I was doing whatever when I came and I was making molds or sweeping the floor, cleaning up. I was totally like starting yeah. at the beginning. And then by the end of it, I was able to um like sculpt that little Eddie character and paint him like yeah. had an effect. And I did the sheriff and the the sheriff's head in the elevator. I don't know if you remember the sheriff galleries are like,
1: uh,
0: oh, head yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, it was cool. Older, <laughs> right? yeah. What's that?
1: phone booth right yeah 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 so so it was like it
0: it was a really really cool time um the closest thing i guess maybe was working at rick's because it's like the thing i loved about rick's was just like all the there was always resources and usually the time there was time to do stuff right but you've worked on tons of stuff i was checking out your imdb imdb and uh man you so where did we meet where did we meet
1: I, i'm pretty sure we just we just met at some of the shows like you know conjoined and and uh monsterpalooza and stuff like that like we didn't meet in just... a shop no we uh, see because when i when i got in you you were just sort of on your way out like you were kind of making that that transition mm-hmm. and i i had only worked at a couple shops and so we never we never really cro- crossed paths in the shops you might have come through at some point one of the places maybe and, and, you know and we met but uh but yeah, yeah, we never got to work together, which is a bummer. You know what I mean? Because yeah. when I was when I was coming out here, I was like, oh, oh, dude, I can't wait to work with this guy, this guy, this guy. Right. And, you know, a lot a lot of people were on their way out. And you know, some people, <laughs> you just you never get that chance. Even even, you know, here at K&B now, I, I got here just in time for Norman to be gone mitch to be gone like right. all the guys that i was excited to, to work with i'm like oh damn it but there's some great ones too i got to work with dave grasso you know, oh know. Like yeah. schoenberg um you know andy Burkholz. like there's just awesome people but you know those those key dudes that I, i've been you know obsessed with since i was a kid i'm like man what the fuck guys you gotta <laughs> leave as soon as i'm coming in and well mm-hmm. at least
0: at least you got a little bit of mitch Cause Mitch, oh, yeah. like I'm... Mitch, uh, he retired. So he, you know, you probably yeah. worked on one of the last things he ever worked on. And he's like, you know, the biggest, most amazing oh, sculpting legend in the business, pretty much. I mean, he's, he's a legendary. Yeah, he's...
1: I would put him up there with the best in the, in the world. I don't yeah. care, you know where, where you're, where you are, you know, with your industry or, or art or, you know, whatever it is. But, uh, I, I was lucky to get to work with him, you know, a few times, and and Dark Crystal was was a huge one, and oh, that was cool. you know with Miles tevis Matt Rose, Chad Waters, you know I mean dude I was freaking out you know what I mean like <laughs> it, it was you know Russ lukage like just badasses so oh that's this, awesome I, I've had I've been lucky getting to work with with some some serious heroes of mine and and learning a ton from those right. guys you know? yeah that's and plus so... having fun with them too you know Mixed, yeah yeah. Obviously
0: yeah (laughs) i'm sure he farted on you many times
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. i've smelled way too many pollo bowls you know it's like (laughs) like
0: exactly that's exactly he's still he was still eating pollo bowls yeah that was his thing at lunch eat a pollo bowl and then come and fart on me after you know after lunch
1: yeah. I thought, I thought he was like working for, uh, you know, a Pollo Loco. I'm like, what, why, why are you so proud of this? He was like proud of it. Like, you know, I haven't eaten anything for lunch, but this in 30 something. I'm like, why? Though?
0: <laughs> yeah. That's so bitch. Uh, yeah, That That's pretty good. Yeah. So, well, I said, cause I, I thought this is my memory. It's, it's screwed up for sure. But, but I thought that I met you when you were making molds somewhere. I mean,
1: We probably met around the same time that I was in the mold shop.
0: So I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize you were a sculptor until I kind of got out. And then I saw you on Facebook and I was seeing your sculptures and I've just been watching them all these years. And, uh, and I just thought it was so cool that you were such a great sculptor. I had no idea when I met you.
1: Oh, thanks, man. I mean, that that's huge. I I've been trying, you know, I'm just like trying to keep getting better and getting better and, and, you know i luckily working with with some of those guys has has helped that you know oh yeah
0: it's huge
1: yeah a few people have given me opportunities here and there and you know i was sort of able to to you know crawl my way into the sculpting department and and doing doing more art department stuff and i you know i've just uh, luckily been able to do that i'm going on like 10 years legit as a sculptor Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah yeah the shops yeah you know, so that's that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not I mean, not that you're primarily a mold maker, but a lot of, you know, you I, I th- throughout the my years in the business, it's like a lot of times there would be mold makers that wanted to sculpt and they ended up usually being so good at molds that yeah. they couldn't get out and they ended up just getting stuck in the mold department. And there's, you know, you and a few other, you know, not that many. I can only think of one of the person off the top of my head, but I, I am sure there's more. We're able to yeah. make, make it out of the mold department into the sculpting yeah, department yeah. and then like just flourish in the, in the sculpting department. So it's super, it was super cool to see that because it's hard. Um, it's a lot harder to do it nowadays, I think, because everything's so compartmentalized and departmentalized. Back on the blob, oh. every, everyone was kind of doing everything you know, a little bit yeah. of everything, which was, which was pretty cool. But, um, and
1: that's, that's what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to do a little bit, yeah. I wanted to just be a, a part of, of, of that whole thing. And I've gotten a chance to do that on some shows almost by accident, but you know, it, it's weird because getting out of the mold shop when, you know, you say like oh there's guys that are so good that they kind of get stuck right well, I, luckily i i sucked like i'm, I'm a terrible mold maker <laughs> so that kind of worked in my favor they were like well we could have you screw all this shit up over and over again or maybe we'll just throw some clay at you and see what you can do right so luckily i would always keep bringing in little sculptures and stuff and being like well the reason i suck at this is because i'm one of these guys you know and, and it was just like whatever, man. Like you gotta, you gotta prove yourself. So, yeah. you know, I, I climbed up the ladder, you know, the only way I, I knew how, and I, I lucked out. So that, that's pretty, pretty sweet. But if yeah. I was really good at molds, then it might be even harder. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, we, we need you over here. They were like, get out of here. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost got stuck in the, I was afraid I was going to get stuck in the paint department. Cause I can't at Rick's cause it's like, I was the sculptor at Alterion for, you know, 80 87 86 87 whenever the blob was happening until like uh i don't know the mid i don't mid or late 90s or something and so i was just yeah, I sculpting designing i was like you know the big cheese over there and then i get to rick's and then that and then i got laid off and uh, and then i uh, bill sturgeon was able to get me in to ricks as a painter just painting these who ears for for um the grinch and it was two colors it was like airbrushing you know caucasian yeah, yeah. flesh tone and pink over and over hundreds so boring he even told me he's like your way he's like you're way over qualified for this job but if you want it you can have it and maybe you could work your way into the sculpting department and um and I did that for a long time, painting those ears. I took over when Tom Gilliland was leaving to go start Sideshow or to go do Sideshow Collectibles oh, full wow. time, yeah. and so I was like replacing him. So he was training me, and then uh, and then I was able on the Planet of the Apes to uh, sculpt some maquettes, ape maquettes, and then and then uh, Rick just kept me in sculpting department. So I was like. Whew got out of there because <laughs> i didn't really want to be in the paint department my whole well, that, time that's
1: awesome though and that's again another like era right i mean you know alterian you know with with badasses on the blob and stuff like that the best makeup guys the best puppet guys at, at that moment mm-hmm. then transitioning into ricks mm-hmm. where you have the best of the best across yeah
0: yeah yeah that you was know? like yeah that was a wake-up call to me it's like oh, see, yeah. working with people like Kazu and mitch and matt and Steve Wang and it was just like enormous it was it was like uh, I really got so much better just working just ha- working with those guys just just watching how, wow. how 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 that's like such a huge thing cuz you know I didn't get to work alongside people as much at um Altarian you know what I mean cuz I was sort oh, of yeah. like in charge of the art department so it wasn't like but when you're like sculpting stuff right on the floor right next to Mitch I like grabbed the table right next to him when i got there because i was like "Oh, i'm working with it because i knew (laughs) and then he showed me all kinds of shit he showed me all of his texturing techniques he's like the most open guy about that stuff pretty amazing um
1: yeah yeah and that's i mean that's exactly what i what i that was my philosophy too like look i need to be in close proximity to the best to get better and if i can just by osmosis just get anything right just any little thing you know, that, that's just going to take me to another level and, totally. you know, just, just keep jamming. And and he was like that with me too. I mean, I didn't learn everything, you know, I wish that I had more time, but you know, he'd make me tools and just, I know you do
0: that to me too.
1: I'm he like, would, I don't know if I should, if I should use this. He or had to just like put it away.
0: I know he would have a tool that I would like, I was admiring these t- texture tools and I was like, oh, man, I got to make one of those tools. He's like, oh, here, you can have it. And then he'd go and he'd make his own, a new one for himself. It was so crazy. He's just like so generous insane. like that. So amazing. He's yeah, a, so
1: cool. Amazing dude. I guess he could he could tell. He could tell like when people really, really gave a right. shit. And they really wanted to know. And, and you know, especially when, when I met him, because I, I met him working at Paul McCarthy's. So I was in the oh, role job at Paul McCarthy. That's
0: maybe where I met you, because I was oh, okay, working yeah. at Paul's for Kazu oh, right. for a while i bet you that's where we crossed paths somehow i bet you that was it because i was it, working because i was working with mitch did you work when yeah, yeah. i
1: sculpted on paul's nutsack and butthole on the <laughs> yeah, sculpture of him yeah. bent over and all fours oh yeah i was there for dreaming paul i remember that that might have been a little bit before you know, the, the bent over one. I don't, I don't even know, but they all had buttholes. I worked, and, you know, so I, I worked on
0: something else too, though. It wasn't just that. Was, yeah. There was some other stuff. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, um, no, it's funny.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I, I was in the mold shop. So I, I would go up and bother Mitch. I'm not even in, in the department, you know, and he was right. still cool about it. You know, he was like, yeah, check out this, you know, Gigi Allen CD. And I'm like, Oh fuck, yeah. You know. And then they were like, you know, talking about stupid movies and just having fun. And, and every once in a while he'd, you know, show me something like he was working on a bunch of heads for Kevin McTurk at the time. Uh-huh. He had like a Barbara Steele and a Peter Cushing. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, I, I didn't even know that you could sculpt that. Well I know. He, time, he, you know you've seen
0: you've seen his little uh, those famous things he did in the 80s, which is like John Carradine's life mask. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, scale, Boris Karloff. Man. Yeah. They're like, you know, five or six inches tall. He yeah. he, he sculpted those you know, they look like print 3d prints and people, you know, I've shown them to people that didn't believe me. They weren't 3d prints got like a yeah, small version insane. of a live cast. It's like, he's like this weird, he's, he's like a, uh, he's like a genius, like a weird, he's yeah. got this weird genius part of him. He's really smart, but I mean, you wouldn't think he was like a super genius. He just seems like a very smart guy, but, but, but it's like, he's almost like some kind of savant when it comes to sculpting. It's really like, he can reproduce anything absolutely perfectly is kind of insane
1: it is nuts and it's like it's it's like a mathematic thing i know yeah yeah breaking down inside his head right and you know he's just you know stuff stuff that i could probably never wrap my head around but just just being around that and and you know it's it's just gonna gonna give you something you're taking something with you you know and that's so huge yeah you know so i mean i'm sure rick's was was unbelievable i never got to work for rick You know, I I was always born too late, like that St. Vitus song. You know what I mean? Like, I I never got to work, you know, at at Stans, like for Stan. I never got to work at Rick's, you know. I remember Jim McLaughlin, he he hit me up once. He's actually, I saw him at at a bar. And he's like, Oh, you're still around, man. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, Oh, I you know, you got off of Facebook. And I'm like, Yeah, I was I was taking a break from Facebook. He's like, Oh, I thought you moved home to the East Coast, so I was gonna call you to come into Rick's for men in black three. And I was oh like, Oh my god, <laughs> what I'm like, Jim, you have my phone number. What are you talking about? Why wouldn't you hit me up? He's like, All right, I, I don't know. And I was just gonna be like in the mold shop, you know, but, but still, I, anything, you know? Yeah. anything, I, like you said, I would have swept the floor and clean toilets, you know, and, <laughs> and, and but that was my one chance and I, I missed it. And uh, Shortly yeah. after that, as you know, they closed the doors and I was just like, you know, right in the heart. I know
0: that was, that was at the end. That was at the end of an era for sure. That shop was insane. That whole crew was insane. There's just so much yeah. talent, such a great working environment is really, really amazing. It's, I have like a five years, of great memories from that which is really cool oh yeah um,
1: and then they had that auction i, I know oh you know, yeah had yeah this big garage sale and everyone was so excited we're gonna to go to cinnovation to the garage sale i'm like are you crazy this is the most depressing thing I i've know. ever heard I, know. I don't want to go to a garage sale of cinnovation are you crazy and then they had the the auction and I I wasn't working at the time. I'm between jobs. I'm depressed already. I find out about the auction, right? Yeah. I go, I go to the auction, I sign up and everything. They gave me a paddle as if I had any money to spend on any of that stuff. <laughs> and I just sat there and like kind of unemployed <laughs> while they were like auctioning off all this gold, you know, Heron Anderson's feet. I'm like, oh no, I'm like all sad. It was hilarious. And like I had this, I had this little like in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm going to try to go after one of Chet's background masks from, from haunted mansion, because they had like an opening bid of like 300 bucks. Yeah. So in my stupid brain, my poor kid mind, I'm like, Oh, I think I could do that. You know what I mean? Well, they're, they're taking online bids, all this other shit. They're like, we're opening the bid at like, you know, $10,000. I'm like, what the, f-? it was like <laughs> nuts. And, I thought it was going to go for that little, you know, yeah, little right. reserve they had in the book. I was such an idiot. So I just watched everything float away and all these people get all this cool shit. And it was like, <laughs> it was kind of like a mini funeral for me. you know. Yeah,
0: It was a bummer. It was a bummer. It was weird. Yes. It was weird being there like, you know, towards the end and watching it kind of collapse. It was, it was really weird. But um, anyway, so uh, let, I want to, I want to hear more about, you and how you you know what what your story is how you got into all this stuff as a kid and just you know where you're from and you're from new jersey right
1: yeah yeah i'm from i'm from new jersey from north jersey up by manhattan you know i grew up like five miles west of new york city so i could like kind of see the world trade centers from my bed oh wow okay so i was i was pretty close to the city which, which was really cool and you know it's a cool place to grow up and you know i, I was one of those cliche textbook like super um you know supportive parents kids you know my parents were cool cool as hell you know that's cool
0: Uh, yeah i had that too my
1: dad yeah yeah exactly and i (laughs) i I think that's i think that's kind of a a running thing with with people that are like really trying to to get to a specific level they Mm -hmm. either have that that support or they fought against the fact they didn't right. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's like you know one I mean? or
0: the but other, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're either feeding the parents were feeding the passion or they're working against it to the point where it was like the passion grew even more right. out of control, you know? So I, I was lucky that my parents were cool. You know, my dad was really into monster movies and, and, you know, genre stuff, fantasy action. Oh, cool. But the funny thing is he, he's super religious. So my dad is, is a Catholic hardcore. Oh, wow. So, we grew up in a really Catholic household, but he still loved the art of like comic books and, and movies and stuff like Robocop and predator and still were some of his favorite movies. So well, you know, I kind of had that weird yeah, balance. That's, you know? that's
0: cool though. I mean, if you can do, if that, I mean, that's what, that's how religious people should be. Then people would never problem. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you exactly, can have, you exactly. can be religious. And as long as you can, you know, you can, you don't have to be like that just because you're religious, you know, it's like, I know a lot of really cool religious people. It's like, you don't, know, it doesn't mean you're an asshole necessarily. You know? Exactly.
1: Exactly. Well, and he, yeah. he's totally that, you know, he's, he's that, he's that guy. He's like the, the good kind of yeah. You know,
0: right. Yeah, yeah, totally. So,
1: I mean, we butted heads about music, about certain kinds of movies, about right, certain kinds of right. stuff you know, growing yeah. up. But, but luckily now we're, we're pretty, we're pretty cool with that, but he still let me rent whatever I wanted, you know, let me read whatever comics I wanted. The only thing that was was off the radar. I couldn't. It was I couldn't mess with D D. That was like a big thing. <laughs> that was for the, for the in, the 80s, like, in, in the eighties. In the eighties,
0: that was the satanic panic thing. I, I was just hearing people talk oh, yeah. about that. Like people don't realize that shit was. People, you know, that was really happening in the in the eighties. People oh, yeah. were scared of it. You know, there was like big time. videos going around uh, uh, that police departments put out and stuff that that showed like if your kids into D &D and listens to heavy metal that they're devil worshipers and all this stuff it was crazy time man Uh,
1: and that was exactly me like i wanted monster manuals (laughs) and and heavy metal records like that's all i cared about So my dad was sort of like oh i hope you're not a satanist you know it was like it was pretty pretty funny (laughs) i remember once he found he found the satanic bible in my bedroom once and i was just reading it because i was curious and that was like i I might as well have burned the house down at that point (laughs) you know what i mean like he just lost his shit but uh (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, D&D was 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 off the table completely. And and like they would send pamphlets like right. the, the Archdiocese of Newark, like controlled that whole area of North Jersey. Right. And they would send out pamphlets like don't let your kids do D&D. Wow. It's basically Satanism, you know, but they also would send all these weird pamphlets out when the exorcist came out. It was like the Catholic Church itself advised all good catholics to watch the film the exorcist that's
0: what i was going to say it seems like yeah it it was kind of pro-catholic that movie in a way it was very like
1: exactly you know
0: it was not anti-religious really you know
1: yeah and honestly the the whole theme is that the only thing that's going to protect you from this inevitable evil is is the belief in god right yeah right so catholics were like showing their kids these movies so my dad showed me the exorcist at a ridiculously young age. I was like seven or eight or something. like oh that. Like, and the, the crazy thing about it was I kind of liked it because it was scary. But at the same time, it was fucking me up so bad. I was I was like freaking it, out. All right. But then at the end of the movie, after all that, like you're like put through the ringer, you know, and you're scared as hell. He turned to me and he was like. You know, the crazy thing is this that's real. Like all of that's real. That can actually happen. And that's when I like something like got knocked loose. I was just like, I I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I can handle that one. So
0: heads the stuff
1: that like yeah, totally. The stuff that, that messed me up that bad as a kid became the stuff I was obsessed with later in life. And I right. just like I wanted I wanted to be there. I wanted to be hooking up the hoses, shooting you know, split pea soup at everyone, you know what I mean? So,
0: so you're, you're probably too young to contact Dick Smith.
1: Yeah, sort of. I mean, because that's the thing you're so too.
0: you're so close. So, you know, relatively close to him and he's like the,
1: the man or he was the man. He, he was the man. And I, I probably could have, right. Like, cause I mean, he was still on the East coast at the time. He, he still had the Dick Smith course going, I, but I was just a little too stupid to read the fine print and all the ads in the back of Fango and stuff like that. Like, I didn't really know that there was a community of people that were available, you yeah. know. I, I I really, I had no idea. I would read the articles. I would stare at the pictures. I'd, like, draw some of the the monsters, you know, in, in my sketchbook. But I, I wasn't the type of guy that was going out and trying to find gm foam and you know right hitting up dick and, <laughs> and and you know locating the closest place to get pottery plaster like i wasn't that guy <laughs> i was playing wiffle ball and you know and and reading comic books and i loved all that monster stuff and that's what i knew i wanted to do that someday but i didn't realize i could start i mean guys oh, right. you know that, that are starting at 12 years old you know in, in their basement and stuff i, I unfortunately it wasn't that guy i was like yeah. going through the motions the most, most art stuff I did was in school. You know, I, I was like allowed to just do whatever I wanted mm. in class. Cause I had a little bit of, of talent and they were like, yeah, yeah, just do whatever. Like all the other kids will do this, but you know, you get to oh, do that cool. project. It was cool. But at the same time I was sort of like lazy. I was like, right. yeah, art art is just a fun thing that I like to do. I mean, I do it <laughs> constantly. It's the only thing that keeps my attention, but at the same time, I wasn't serious about it. I didn't know what it was going to turn into. Right. And My dad's also a teacher. So, you know, my mom was a school nurse at a time. My mom was a nurse and, you know, my, my dad was a teacher, but he would also sing religious music on the weekends and stuff. So they had a really like kind of staunch idea of getting degrees and stuff, going to school, you know? So I wasn't a great student. I was like a D student in honors classes, you know? So I I just kind of got by, but i decided i was going to art school because that was how i you know i could do what i wanted to do but i could still get the degree and make them happy so that that was the idea was i'd go to art school eventually and i'm lucky that i did because a lot of people didn't go they didn't have to go i needed to go right i I needed the discipline i needed to realize i need to take this serious now if i had come out you know at 18 19 you know to la I would have been a meth head or something. I would have been nuts, you know, like (laughs) something would have went wrong. So luckily I went to school, I went to art Institute of of Philadelphia and I studied industrial design technology there. And around somewhere in the, in the middle of my second year, I was like, wait a minute, I'm paying for this school. I I need to start going to class. I need to start taking this shit seriously. (laughs) Like, this is what I want, right? This is art. Like what what am I doing, you know? Right. So, so wait,
0: so you were doing industrial design. What, what how does that re- did you want know you wanted to be an effects artist at that point where you like how does that relate? Yeah, yeah. How does that relate to working into effects?
1: Well, that, that's what's funny—the art institutes, which are basically like the the Ralphs, you know, or the Walmart of art schools, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> they're just in every major city. You sign up and just like show up, you know, to class, and they're going to tell you you're an artist or whatever. Right. So, uh, in the on the in the back of of you know Gore Zone and Fangoria, they had you know the Art Institute of Pittsburgh specifically would always you know advertise. Right. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But Pittsburgh was too far for me. Philadelphia was close, uh, enough, okay, right? So I, I was like, I'll go there. But industrial design technology was this sort of like all-encompassing, you know, industrial 3D art program, basically. They did everything from furniture design, product design, you know, materials and processes with mold making and things like Mm. that, you know, but there was this one like tiny little like sub-major of special makeup effects. Oh, trippy. uh, in Pittsburgh, they had Savini, right. you know, they had uh, Jerry Gurgley they had guys who who worked out here, you know, uh, if, I think Vulich did some time mm-hmm. there yeah. at, at one point, and so they had legit effects guys, you know, in Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh was too far, again, I'm the lazy kid that doesn't know what he's doing with his, you know, life, you know, <laughs> I, all I know is I want to do monsters, you know, right, so I, I go to Orange institute of Philadelphia, I study industrial design, and, you know, you get a lot of sculpting, a lot of life drawing, a lot of stuff that I knew was going to be helpful, but then product design, you know, furniture design, things I knew I wasn't super interested in, right. but you know, I just wanted to get that degree. I had a class though, a guy named John Stewart. Um, he, he's a, a local Philadelphia effects guy who just, I, he came West, but he never really, you know, made his way out to LA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he stayed, he stayed on the East coast, and he just got this job at, at the school and he knew basically everything and he would teach lessons right out of grand illusions and stuff basically, you right, know, yeah. and, and that was cool enough for me. Like that was my little experience, you know, doing, doing makeup effects. And that's when I started really working on, you know, my first one piece foam latex appliance. And the first time I, I ever ran foam, the, you know, the first you know molds i made and stuff like that. And um, obviously like latex masks was was huge because that was the easiest right. thing. Yeah. You know, that was the it was the most comprehensive. I, I kind of understand this. I can take it from start to finish. Right, and, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're kind of honing the those skills Definitely. that would, you know, work in in, a, in an effects lab, you know. Definitely. So yeah. that was sort of lucky. I wound up getting a, a bachelor's degree there. And so everybody was sort of happy. Even though I don't know, I don't know that the degree ever helped me. Yeah, right. <laughs> <play> <laughs> it helped you with your parents. And, yeah yeah exactly and it helped helped me stack up you know uh student debt for literally the rest of my life but you know (laughs) it is what it is right but uh but i really needed that to mature like i needed to learn how to be an art student you know Mm -hmm. which means it doesn't end when class is over it's like everything you look at you have to try to absorb and you know every person that you interact with you know you're looking at their face in a different way you're trying to see things in a different way I had to like kind of teach myself how to be a good student. And you know, people talk about you have shitty teachers, you know. I was like, I don't think there are shitty teachers. I think there's just shitty students cuz right. your teacher knows something. They worked somewhere, they learned something, and it's kind of your job to pull it out of them, right. you know? And that translated to when I was finally in the in the, you know, the effect shops, like how can I pull whatever I can out of these dudes, you know, if they'll let me, you know? And so mm-hmm. I would just like pick people's brains and stuff and it it just, it just sort of worked out. I'm lucky to have that experience. I don't think it's good for everyone to spend, you know, $50,000 going to some school that, you know, it might not help you, you know, especially if you have the talent and the discipline.
0: But right.
1: I, I had a little bit of talent. I had no discipline, you know. So. Well, you seem
0: like a disciplined guy now. You're all buffed out and stuff. So you seem like you <laughs> you seem uh, like you I, have I discipline. Wish, <laughs> I, I wish. Man. Enough discipline <laughs> to work out and, and uh, learn effects and all that stuff.
1: I don't work out enough. I just eat a lot of sandwiches. <laughs> that's that's my problem.
0: <laughs> so how did you, uh, okay, so you got that degree. Then what was the next step for you as far as getting in the business? I mean, well, also, fun- well, let me ask you first, uh, were you just like totally stoked in that when you were going to school for that? Because that seems like it would be so much fun learning. I mean, that's like, in a way, some of my fondest memories are like when I was teaching myself when I was like 13, and doing yeah, your yeah. first latex mask you know when you do it the first time it's so exciting and fun that you you're able to pull it off so it's like was were you totally enthusiastic and totally into into being in the school oh. learning effects
1: oh totally yeah totally totally yeah. when when I finally was there when I had sort of a grasp of it when I, I when I had the discipline you know I, I actually I stopped drinking and, and messing around with drugs and stuff like that at that time as well like I mm-hmm. I'm basically like completely sober you know so when i was about 20 i stopped drinking so before i was even the legal age i was kind of over that (laughs) that part of my life you know what i mean yeah i started kind of kind of young you know which also fit into not having the discipline you know so for sure once i had that kind of behind me and I, i i started focusing uh again i was sort of lost in this like i don't really know how to approach a career So that's when I signed up for Savini School in Pittsburgh. So I I had already gotten a bachelor's degree and I thought I didn't have enough effects. I didn't know that I'm going to learn when I get out there. I just got to go to LA. I just got to start working. I had no idea. So I was like, what if I go to Savini School and I get that like bridge between art school and makeup effects? And ultimately, the Dick Smith course was another thing that, that kind of brought me there at that point I was like, if I enroll in this school, I kind of automatically get into the Dick Smith course and I get actual FaceTime with Dick. So right. that was like a huge thing. So I went there. Uh, obviously I'm a huge Savini fan as well. Mm. You know, I, I was a big fan of, of like the John Vulich crew that did all the Babylon five, Eric John Vulich optic nerve stuff. Yep. And uh, Jerry Gurgley was one of the main uh, teachers there because they had stopped doing stuff at at uh, Art Institute of Pittsburgh, and they were doing everything in their own like you know school at this point. Mm-hmm. So I went I went out there then, uh, and there I was basically like the the ultimate student sponge. Like, you know, class ended at at three p.m. I was there till three a.m. You know, right. and and Jerry was cool with us. He'd let us stay and run foam all night, and we kind of had like unlimited materials. It was one of those things where it's like I'm gonna milk this for yeah, everything to work. Smart yeah so that was my my first multi-piece makeup you know my my first experience you know doing all kinds of um uh sculptures maquettes you know different stuff you know take taking mask making to to a different level taking mold making to to another level you know my first matrix mold like just even learning what these terms are and what's going on i felt like i was more ready to go to la because i was shit scared i mean i'm in new jersey oh, yeah. like I you, can't, yeah. you can't be any further you know yeah
0: no no I, I was scared going up from just from san pedro to to la yeah. which is like 45 minutes away and being away from home and trying doing this new business so it's scary so i can't, I can't even yeah. imagine coming from the east coast it's like super scary yeah.
1: so i did like a little creep you know i, I went i went <laughs> to, you know, philadelphia pittsburgh and then i just i just went for it and i and i came out and you know i I, I just started shopping around, like go, going around and, and showing my book and I was walking into places I shouldn't have been walking into, yeah. you know. Like they they actually tell you too, like all my teachers were like, look, you gotta call, you gotta and I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck that. I'm just gonna go walk in and see what's up, you know. And sometimes it worked out, a lot of times it did not. And uh people were like, You gotta get out of here. I went I drove I drove directly to Stan Winston Studios from New Jersey, which is hilarious. <laughs> like, I, I did my whole drive, you know, and I didn't even stop like where I was about to stay or anything like that. I didn't I didn't get oh my any food God. or whatever. Like when I finally got into to Hollywood, I just went directly to the shop in, in Van Nuys and I just get out with my book. You know, I was like all cramped up from the ride. I'm like, hey, you know, knocking on the door, literally, and they opened like a crack. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm here. I'm here. Sh- check out my book. You know, can I come in and see Pumpkinhead? You know, I want to see the display room. <laughs> and they're like, no, man, we don't we don't do that. You got to call. You got to make an appointment. Right. You got to talk to the right people. And I was I was like, again, completely crushed. I'm like, what am I, What, what do you mean? I just drove across the entire country. Like, come on.
0: That's but, hilarious. Uh,
1: yeah, it was, it was crazy, but, you know, Howard Berger, actually, I did the same thing at k b when, when they were in Van Nuys on on Woodman Place. I, I walked in there, and again, like, the, the, you know, girl at the front was like, what is this guy doing? I'm like, I don't know, like, can I talk to anyone? <laughs> and Howard just happened to be walking out of the offices at the time, and he's like, yeah, come on, send him back, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll show him around. So he gave me a tour of K&B, oh, like, that's you know, cool. just like, yeah, no, no background, nothing like that. He looked at my book, he gave me some advice. Is, is pretty awesome and then they hired me only 13 years later so that's like
0: <laughs> <laughs> you must have made a great impression
1: <laughs> i know right he was like no nah, that guy keep him out you know?
0: so did you have but, a place to stay and everything
1: yeah that's that's another crazy story my dad because of of the religious music my dad travels all over the world singing catholic music right no oh, no way he's got 20 something albums you know he, he literally really if if there is a a subgenre of of Christian but Catholic contemporary rock, my dad is like the top, like the Frank Sinatra, the Billy Joel of that world. But it's a tiny little world. I didn't, even know, I, world, you know I didn't even
0: know it existed. I didn't even know there was music like that.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of hilarious because you know, the, the, the Christian contemporary world, they're like, they're not into it. Cause he's Catholic. Right. And the Catholics aren't super <laughs> into it because they're too traditional for the rock, you know, what I mean? right. Right? which is kind of, kind of funny, but, but, uh, so he's got connections all over, like, like literally all over the world. Right. So he, he puts out a call to his friends in Southern California. Hey, does anyone have a place to stay? My son's coming out there. He has no money. He's trying to break into this industry. He's got no connections you know and i wound up getting a place to stay at this tiny little house where these women who have they're basically nuns for all intents and purposes like they they are they've given their life to the lord and they have this little house with a chapel in the back they have you know weekly mass at this place and connected to their garage is this one bedroom you know little studio room actually uh, and i had a, a mattress on the floor and i stayed there for over a year they let me stay there f- rent free were it you was all ta- insane
0: were you all tatted up at that point
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah really and yeah that that's the funny thing about it you know and i i probably had a big stupid beard at the time too and like you know i had mohawks at certain points it's like it's it's just silly and the best part about it was I would help them out. I helped them with landscaping. I'd help them out with their sound system, you know, for, for their chapel. So it'd be six, 6am 6 on a Sunday. And these little Filipino ladies would be knocking on my door and they'd like, we need help with them, you know? And I would go out there, you know, basically in the, the clothes I was sleeping in, you know, and I'm fixing their, the speakers to their sound system while the whole congregation is is waiting there. And oh they're like, God. who the hell is this guy? You know, was like, it was insane. But but without that I, I never would have been able to, to hack it because I couldn't afford a place. I could barely afford gas, right? You know, when when it first came out. So I stayed there for a whole year. Wow. And then I, I couch surfed a little bit and, and I wound up, you know, just hooking up with people from, from you know the local shops and stuff like that, getting a good core group of friends that I worked with, and that we all worked in the same circles. And then, you know, I I, I could move in with them. So it was it was pretty lucky though. But it was it was funny. I actually <laughs> sculpted i sculpted like a five foot virgin mary for for their grotto as a thank you you know what i mean like just that's like cool. fun stuff like that they're like oh the monster kids back there sculpting the virgin mary it's like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't make that shit up
1: yeah it's pretty it's pretty silly but it was awesome I, yeah yeah, I was yeah. Glad.
0: that's cool uh so what was your first job in in effects like what was your first gig
1: my first gig was, was actually when I was in high school, you know, I, I actually, I was 15 and um I found out that, that Vinnie Gostini had a small shop in Wayne, New Jersey, that he was just sort of renting for Kevin Smith's movie dogma.
2: Oh, no so, way.
1: Yeah. My parents, you know, drove me over there and they were just like, Hey, you know, our, our son is, is into this stuff, you know, can you check out, you know, his sketchbook and stuff. I had a sketchbook. I had a couple pictures of of some sculptures I had done at the time, and I was just like excited to be there, like all, all these cool dudes, you know what I mean? Right, Vinny yeah. Gostini and 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 uh, Vincent Skici and and um, um, just a, a bunch of different people, uh, Louis Sicarian, you know what I mean? From Saturday Night Live. Uh-huh. I mean these guys to me there, I was like, these guys are cool as shit. I walk in and they had <laughs> evil dead two on the, you know, I'm like, Oh man, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> so they, they let me hang out. I started just like kind of sweeping up the shop and stuff. And then they let me do a couple of things like run poly foam and you know, they would let me pre-paint stuff, just, just putting one color down right, so that I could pass it off to, to somebody that, you know, that knew what they were doing and stuff. And it, it was, it was insane. So that was my sophomore year basically was was working on dogma and wow. the cool thing about it was vinnie called you know months later after they finished like principal photography in pittsburgh he called and he's like hey i need i need the, the spelling of your name for the credits and i was like get the fuck i like freaked out like, right. no way. <laughs> and they actually got me in you know i, I got, I got oh, that's my first cool. credit at 15 which was insane you know that's amazing but, uh yeah, I yeah was, he's I, an I was, awesome then,
0: he's a he's a cool guy
1: oh dude he's awesome and he's yeah. so much fun and like that's i was already sure that this is what i want to do but after meeting those guys and like i'm like i i need to be in these shops you know i, I went kind of a roundabout way by doing art school two different right. schools and then coming back but you know I, it it happened and uh <laughs> i think the first the first thing the first legit thing i worked on out here was uh pushing daisies a, te- a television show for um rick lazarini oh, like, okay lazarini Hi, hired me you know just he just needed extra hands you know we were working on on those uh foster's farms chicken puppets and stuff like that all right <laughs> and a couple pushing daisies was was another thing we made that that kind of like mechanical um wooden hand i don't know if you ever saw that show no nah, i
0: didn't
1: yeah little little silly things like that and then uh, i was at mongol's for a little while oh no I way yeah I, wor- yeah, yeah
0: I worked uh with him like one of my first things through Cinema Secrets because one of the first jobs I got was working at Cinema Secrets and um, like as a stock boy and it's like I didn't I was not into it Um, but it was like you know this is the step stepping stone like Marie Stein was like work here do this I'll get you in movies and uh, and and uh, I ended up like doing some designs for Matthew uh, for like a like a, a Yeti design for a tv commercial just weird stuff like that but i remember he, he let me come to his house and showed me how to mix just how he was doing foam latex and he was the first guy that showed me like if you put too much of the chemical in your thing you could you could take a a, a paper towel rolled up and stick it in the chemical that you poured oh, in yeah, to yeah, get dude. a little teeny bit out and i was like wow that's so yeah. cool <laughs> you know just like these little yeah, tips, soak it up he was such a nice that's... guy he was really really oh, nice so anyway, I didn't awesome. mean to. Interrupt. So you you were no, working no, dude. For, working for him and
1: Yeah, on a, same what? thing, same thing. You he, he would take he would just take people in. Take, you know, the young dudes that didn't really have, you know, any other options at the time like, "Hey man, we need we need some extra people. We need, you know, right. and the shit I learned there, I learned so much stuff. It was it was just, it was awesome, you know. Yeah. And uh, we were working on uh, House MD and and CSI and uh, you know, a couple of shows like that. And luckily every once in a while he'd send you to set with one of the one of the bodies you know oh cool and just basically (laughs) body wrangling and stuff and that was like the first time i actually got to be on a legit set and i was freaking out you know like this is like all happening like it's like this is this is what you've been wanting to do since you're a tyke you know and it's kind of crazy so i uh we did csi and that was at universal so i remember as a little kid coming out and Going to Universal and riding the tram, right. you know, and like be, being so pumped. And then you see people working in the studios right. and you're like waving at them, you know, and they never wave back at you. <laughs> so I was the guy working on CSI waving at the kids as the tram's going by. And there's always like grips and like gaffer dudes looking at me like this, look at this asshole. <laughs> He's actually waving at the tram. And I'm like, Oh fuck, you guys. Like this is like a dream come true, you know. It's like it was insane. Oh man. But uh yeah, it was cool, man. I got a lot of opportunities there. You know, my first like legit life cast and stuff I, I was doing there, learning more materials and getting better at-, at mold making. You know, even though I never never got great at it, but right. <laughs> yeah, it-, it was cool. It was a cool opportunity. And then, uh, then ADI was was big. Like that was a big moment for me. Was getting into ADI. Like mm. you know, I I basically got in and I was cataloging Photoshop designs for the design room you know mm-hmm. so you had these guys making all this cool stuff and i, I was just like literally just cataloging them like, little <laughs> folders and stuff and that was my first gig at adi and i i went through every single department besides hair because i don't think i could ever do that you know for any right. for anyone but every single department just helping out helping out helping out until steve frakes took me into the mold shop and was like all oh, right steve frank
0: now- i remember steve yeah, frakes. Yeah. yeah i
1: worked with him at Altarian. Frakes- he's the man dude i mean he's been around you know that guy he's kind of a legend he's worked on on tons of stuff and uh just an awesome guy another guy that's like willing to take you under his wing and show you what's up and and he was tough too he was like you know honest about about doing shit right so that was cool and um i still i work with him here he's at at can you know oh really it's just an awesome
0: dude tell him i said hi if you see next time you see him i haven't seen him in a long time
1: I'll right. see you tomorrow, oh, cool,
0: man. Dude. <laughs> <Awesome>.
1: <laughs> but uh but uh yeah, yeah, he he was one of the only people too, like he knew what was up. I told him, like, oh, I'm gonna be a sculptor, you know. And he was like, Look, man, the best sculptors know how this mold making shit works, right. you know. And you have to understand the foundations if you're gonna do this stuff. So I mean, I you know, he he really it was it was tough on me, but he actually believed in me also. He was he was one of the guys that was like, look, you will do it. You'll sculpt. He's like, I can tell you just got to keep going and, and, and pushing it. But while you're here, you know, try to take this seriously and realize that it's going to make you a better sculptor. Right. And now, again, I had to think again, like, oh, shit. Yeah, I, I got to absorb as much as I can from this guy, from the mold shop, you know, from the sculptors that are on hand here. And, you know, it just it just helped. And eventually they gave me my shot at, at sculpting.
0: You know what well, what was it on what was the show that you they let you sculpt on
1: well, And what it's, what, it's what was kinda, the
0: thing that you sculpted on what was the sculpture
1: it was and this is this is sort of weird I I always say all of my career dreams have come true but in the shittiest way possible <laughs> you know what I mean like Worst worst case scenario you know so they did a remake or sort of a remake like a prequel thing the thing the John Carpenter's thing oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah in 2011 they did a prequel right so i got we were up for that
0: we were up for that spectral was up for that doing I was i did some designs for that
1: yeah i dude everyone i I was trying to get a piece of that like everybody was on it you know so I was so excited. I'm like, this is my first chance. I'm like actually getting paid to sculpt because most people will let you sculpt if you do it for free. So, (laughs) you know, I I won't name any names, but a lot of people got sculptures out of me, you know, for free before this one gig, which was, you know, whatever it is, what it is. Yeah. And, uh, so that was like a dream come true. I'm working on the, the thing I'm connected to the most legendary creature effects movie of all time in some weird way right, yeah. i'm part of the i'm part of the timeline in some way right yeah it sucks that it turned out to be one of the shittiest movies <laughs> I, I've know, ever, I've ever seen. I i couldn't even yeah. make it
0: through i was so bummed i oh, you know what though is. i knew when uh we met with the uh the director and maybe a producer i knew it was going to be bad as soon as we met with oh, them yeah. because you could just tell that they weren't into the original they weren't into the carpenter version it was like they just didn't have that kind of respect for it or the reverence that all of us had for that movie and it was like yeah. oh you guys picked the wrong person to do this <laughs> definitely
1: you know and that, and that's the one thing you should have if you're tackling a project like that if that yeah. i mean that's the only thing you need to have and that's right. the first thing I remember at one point they were like less crab claws, no more. What is all this crab shit? And I'm almost like, <laughs> you know, it was just,
0: it was man. like heartbreaking. <laughs> so, so, but at you the were... same
1: time I was, you know, I was excited. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, no,
0: I'm, like, I'm yeah. I even, even after that, it's like, I was still hoping we got the gig just to be able to work on that. But even if the movie sucked, it would be, yeah. still be cool to be part of the history. And, and it's like, you know, such cool, kinds of effects for a, a movie like that, you know, um just so weird oh, yeah. and twisted. Um were you working with Paul Komoda?
1: Yeah, yeah, Paul Komoda, um Casey Love, Tim Orton. Oh, wow. Um yeah, Davis Fandino, uh Mio Nakamura. Um it, it was it was awesome, man. And and Steve Koch, you know, Steve oh, Koch yeah. was sort of like wrangling us and and art directing most of the stuff and and mm-hmm. you know, keeping everybody in line. So, dude, it, it, it was it was insane, man. It was like it was. I was like getting a real taste of it and going like, "This is what it's going to be." And I, I learned a big lesson that look, you're not going to like most of the shit you work on, yeah. but you're gonna you're <laughs> gonna love you're going to love these little snippets of time where you worked with certain people right. or learn things from certain people, you worked on something that you got through that was cool. And you know, they actually yeah. put it on camera. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's going to be a lot of disappointment, you know? Yeah. That, yeah. The that's movie's a probably yeah. lesson.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, the, don't count on the movie being any good, but you could still have, it's still fun sculpting some cool monster, even if it doesn't get in the movie or the movie sucks, which is usually the case. Uh, you know, it's still, it's, it's still fun you know the sculpting sculpting is fun i think you know it's like i enjoyed oh, it's it a
1: blast man. and that's another that's another thing where i had to i had to kind of train my mind you know as much as much as like my hands to to work and like look you know what is what are you getting out of this moment out of this project like maybe i don't like this design that i have to sculpt maybe i right. hate this idea I think it's a terrible script. It's, a, it's a ter- going to be a terrible movie. But what can I learn from this? Well, maybe I can learn mm-hmm. know, how to put a little more weight in my wrinkles on this one, you know what right. I mean? And I'm that close to, to Steve Koch. I could be like, hey, Steve, like, you know, how do you do this or what's going on? And, he, you know, see how he does it and at least get that out of it. You right. know, how can I, I, you know, my eyelids are too thick. I got to work on my eyelids. Why are my eyelids so thick? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it's like all, all of those little things, like just if I can learn one thing with every one of those projects, yeah, I, I can't stand hard surface stuff. I'm terrible at it, mm-hmm. but I need to get better at it. So let me, let me just like right. just head down and jam on this thing. And it turned into that for me where like those little moments were little lessons I could learn, you know? And, you know, I, luckily I had people that helped along the way. I mean, Jordu was a huge help for, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, he, I took his class, um, the first year when I came out, two thousand seven, I think it was two thousand six, two thousand seven, and from there on, you know, he just sort of like helped me out. Like I'd I'd come by the shop, you know, he'd give me little jobs to do here and there. Sometimes he he'd let me kind of like go sculpt with him. He'd sculpt mm-hmm. half of something, let me do the other half. I try oh, to match cool. his style, you know, things like that. And and the whole time I was really being like, you know, conscious of like, I'm I'm I have to be like a Xerox machine. Right. I have to like implant some of this stuff in my brain because i'm not getting you know any other opportunities to do something like that here i am i have to try to match one of his wrinkles or yeah. a, you know a nostril or something like that yeah you know? it's like that that was huge for me though and that i took that into my other jobs he actually got me that gig on on the thing because i had oh, worked wow. at adi for five i think five years at that point but they never let me sculpt you know And then they wound up calling Jordu while I was there working on designs with him for the thing. Uh I was just sort of helping, you know, building armatures and and cleaning some things up here and there for Jordu. And he's like, look, I can't come over there. I'm already working on the thing. I'm working on designs. I can't be there. But would you consider Mikey? He's over here. And I I think he's good enough. And that just that thumbs up from him was enough for them to be like, all right, all right, it's time. (laughs) Let, let him come over and we'll see what he can do type of shit so i'm lucky lucky to have that opportunity yeah. too. like i mean i learned so much from him and then for him to pass me on and kind of go okay i, th- I think he can do this you right
0: know? yeah that, that counts for a lot you know especially from someone of uh, his level of sculpture you know he's pretty legendary oh, yeah. his sculpting is, is amazing he's fast as hell too um yeah his
1: speed i learned a lot of that from from him too like trying to you know think about speed now you know and and, mm-hmm. and try, trying to get faster which is a huge part of it people don't realize that yeah
0: you know? yeah but yeah that's the thing it's like you know once you master a certain level of sculpting like a certain um uh once you get a certain once you could hit a certain level of quality in your sculpture the next challenge is like okay how can i do this as efficiently as possible you know, really yeah. rather than picking at it. Cause it's like, you know, you can, it's easier to, to do something amazing when you just don't have any time constraints and you can just noodle it forever. Oh, yeah. But it's like, you know, then, then, then there's a certain point where, where the challenge becomes efficiency and time and, and uh you know, how much you can kind of get away with uh, oh, yeah. blocking things out and stuff. Um, yeah.
1: And then yeah. every time you, you like hit one of those those like kind of plateaus there's always another peak you have to hit after Mm -hmm. that i I like juggle back and forth it's like all right well i got a little bit better with technical stuff and maybe some realism stuff now i'm going to try to get efficiency and speed to that right and then once you get there you're like now i have to work on more realism and get more realistic and and work on my technical stuff my my textures and stuff like that and then it just keeps going and keeps going and that's like to me there is no limit like you will always mm-hmm. have something to learn you know and you know, I have that like white belt mentality like a forever white belt like I always have to learn because you know that I guess that's the only point of doing art in my brain
0: All it's, right. like
1: to get better whatever yeah. that means not not comparing yourself to other people but comparing yourself to yeah, get better
0: you yeah exactly get better than you were <laughs> you know I, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I think like a guy I I, I used to trip out on a guy like Mitch who had kind of like mastered everything he would the the thing he would do towards the you know as he was as uh he you know because he got to a point where he he could do anything as good as it could be done and so he would experiment with just doing things in a different way just just be just to break things up and not be monotonous and boring so it's like he would try just new techniques or new ways of doing things or new cat brushes or dog he always had like the weirdest little gizmos that you would never think of to use for 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 sculpting (laughs) you know it's uh so it's like i think i think because it's like you know you know how he was like just (laughs) completely so super cynical and complained about the job constantly like he was not enjoying it at all and uh i think you know to keep himself interested he would just do things differently you know just try to do oh, things yeah. he was always innovating in that way and you see that from like guys like Kazu you know oh, it was like yeah. that oh, yeah. it's like they're always trying yeah. to do something better than they did the last time you know which is super oh, yeah. inspiring to be around
1: and when you when you see that guys on that level that are trying to, right. to get better it's like that that is in, in a nutshell the entire philosophy like it's like yeah that's what you should be doing that yep. that's it if you never make a dime or if, you know, if nobody ever knows who you are or whatever, that's all secondary. If you're, if you're just getting better and you can look back and go like, yeah, I actually did this better than the last time and more efficiently. You know, I mean, that, that's so huge. Mitch always had some, like you were saying, some cat brush or some piece of something.
0: A weird piece of plastic (laughs) or
1: like a shoe polish brush
0: or something.
1: (laughs) Exactly. He took, he took, one of those like coarse brushes off the Gojo, you know that that pumice, you know, uh, um, hand soap
0: that, uh, that
1: that that they have, they have like a scrub brush on there for your nails, right? And he took it and he cut into these little weird pieces to the point where I didn't even know what it was. I'm like, what the hell is this? He's like, he's like, don't worry about it. And he cut an even smaller piece off and gave it to me. He's like, here you go. So I'm like, I don't even know what this <laughs> thing is. I don't know. I don't know if I can ever find it again. And I, I still have that tool because I'm like, I I use it all the time and I can't lose it because I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know where I can find it again.
0: Yeah. 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 It's like, he would get, he would make tools for like the weird things that you, you know, like getting texturing, like the inside of a nostril or the corner here, or like in a fold of an ear, like there's always these weird, hard places to get. And he would have like a special tool that you only use for that one thing. But it's like, perfect. oh, yeah, it was like he would somehow figure figure out the perfect tool yeah. for that one little
1: thing. The perfect length, the perfect depth. Yeah. And all that stuff. <laughs> I, I remember Matt, Matt Rose, he, he had this tool and he showed it to me. He's like, he's like, here's the, the wrinkle depth tool. Like, this is like, oh, yeah. Next yeah, level yeah. Shit. yeah. And I'm and I'm thinking, man, he's kind of like Mitch because he's got his own tools as well but he goes, no, 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 this is a Mitch tool. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, shit. So you got Mitch tools too, which is hilarious. I mean, Matt had his own tools, but right, that right. was a specific Mitch tool. <laughs> so he, he made me ask Mitch how to make it. So I was like trying to make this tool based on what Matt told me about Mitch's tool right. is hilarious. But <laughs> I still, I still use that stuff. And then you get obsessed because you're like, well, this is a tool I can never live without. So right. now I have to make 10 of them And then I have to make 10 more of different scale so I can, like, use this, you know, if I have to do bigger stuff or smaller stuff. And you just become as obsessed as as these maniacs are, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty awesome, though.
0: Yeah, you get obsessed about the tools almost as much as the sculpting, you know?
1: Oh, yeah yeah my wife is hilarious she'll bring she'll bring sculpting, tool, sculpting tools home for me she'll see something at, at like you know a, a ralph's or something and go hey, it's a sculpting tool you know I, I could tell because she sees any little she's in the makeup counter you know and in, in, in uh in target or something like that and she'll right. see some weird scrub silicone scrub brush like, oh it's a sculpting tool i'm like oh awesome you know it's hilarious she knows how my brain is working like yeah the thing is potential sculpting tool
0: yeah totally that's how you got to be you know that's how the greats are Uh, yeah it's
1: it's insane man and you guys with your textures i mean there there's a picture of of a skull with like a like skin just sort of stretched over it you know that that i know i probably got off, off of your portfolio on your website or something like that but there's a skin texture like a chicken skin texture that's on there that's so perfect and i'm like Little things like that, or things I've seen, you know, Mitch do or, or mm-hmm. Matt do these little these textures that are like, how the f- I don't even know how yeah, that
0: that's doesn't
1: make any sense, you know
0: yeah that I mean was all that... that one are you talking about the haunted mansion
1: zombies yeah yeah it it must have been some haunted mansion because yeah, there stuff.
0: was I... I think I know if it's a haunted mansion zombie I know which one you're talking about because there's one I did that like specifically looked like it had chicken skin
1: on it. <laughs> yeah and that it's was, got the the skin is like yeah that stuff.
0: was like my favorite one that was my favorite one Dude. of the, the zombies it was so much fun i that's like those were all these background zombies i don't even think they were featured but yeah. i always for some reason i guess maybe i don't know maybe because i was working with all the best people around me and i was the newest guy there but um yeah. you know like Kazu, matt and Mitch would get like the key characters, and I'd always get these background characters, but I love that because there was less um the standard. Rick still had that high quality standard, so it had to be as good as their stuff, but yeah, but there was no pressure because they were background masks, so I wasn't getting a lot of like design uh influence from anybody really because it weren't that important, but I was still into just like mastering the the texture and stuff, and and that's the one thing I learned like man, if you could see the stuff I did from before I started working at Rick's and after it was like a huge jump and it was, um, uh, a lot, it was mainly from Mitch. It was like refining the forms, really refining forms before you go into texture. And, um, yeah, yeah. and then how he did his detailing and like the, the bump, you know, hitting the, at an angle with the needle to make the bumps oh, yeah, and yeah. his clay slurry. You brush the clay slurry back in. It's like, how do you even? He had like the mixer, you know, seventy percent alcohol and clay, and then you put it in the mixer. It's like, and then he'd get it like perfect, this perfect clay slurry that you know, if it was, if you didn't, if you use ninety nine percent alcohol, it was different, or however he made it, he had like the perfect formulation for it. But, but it was like, I could, I before I worked there, I didn't know that you could get uh detail that good until I saw Mitch's stuff in person working with him. I was like, I didn't even think that was possible. And he was doing stuff as good as a life mask right next to it, you know, as realistic as a life mask, which is you know super delicate and crazy.
1: The whole the whole thing for me was always like the illusion of that texture. Like right, oh yeah, you gotta gotta make it sort of read like it's there, but it's not right, right. But his his stuff and Matt it was the same like his stuff it's there. It's yeah, actually yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. Like it looks be as good like as the took, real
0: thing. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you, you took someone's face and painted it like the right. color of clay. Like it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And I mean that that chicken thing with the slurry, I mean, then he'd go over it with another it, cat with brush. With the cat patch. brush, yeah. And, and I'm like, "Dude, are you insane? You're going to ruin all the I amazing <laughs> shit you just did." But it was always right. And dude, to this day, I've tried it so many times. I think I've done it effectively twice. Yeah, like it's uh, hard to I do. was actually like I was actually like, yeah, this is good. This is, this is actually yeah. okay. <laughs> Twice. I mean, I, and I, I still, to this day, can't go back and nail it again. I, I don't have any confidence with that slurry. It's, it's, yeah. it's hilarious. Boy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's really difficult. I, it, that's the, that was like, you know, I, I felt like, you know, by the time I was at the end of my Rick's period um, you know, cause like, It's so funny. It's funny that Mitch comes up a lot in this conversation just because he's the he's the sculpting guy, you know, for anybody who's worked for everybody knows Mitch is the guy, but he's the reason or one of the big reasons I got into fine art because up to that point, I was still kind of like cool with effects and it's like he he, and and I got started working with Mitch and then he would just talk shit constantly just about that, you know. He, he took it too far you know I, I don't think it was accurate really it, it, was, it was too extreme I think but he was just yeah. like about being disrespected and blah 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 you know he's always complaining and that was one of the things um, that got me like thinking about being a fine artist and he was the guy who like I was telling him I was thinking about it he was like my biggest cheerleader for for getting into fine art like he was always Super supportive, all, always. He was like the main guy that was because I was working with him. I was working right next to him. And so we were talking every day for five years, you know. And so oh, yeah, you know, when I get a show, finally get in a group show or something, or I show him my paintings, and he was like, Oh man, and he was like so encouraging. It was it was really cool. And I and I feel like um I was able to leave effects because I because of working with him. He taught me like the last kind of things that I didn't really know how to do well, which was like, like I said, it was really refining things and um, and detailing to this certain level. So I felt oh, like, yeah. so I felt satisfied as a sculptor in effects, leaving it like I didn't feel like I left it before I reached my peak or whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah. so that was kind of cool that out that you know he's he was just a real key figure for me and in, in, um, my. Effects career and in my
1: art career too, you know. Oh, big time, dude! He's he was like the biggest advocate of of yours. He would talk about you all the time, like as as someone who almost like got (laughs) out of the prison, you know what I mean? Like like Chet escaped. He is he did it. He made it, you know. And out here, I here I was trying to come into this. Right, (laughs) looking at guys like you, it when when you're in your effects career as like the top of the mountain like I just want to be like that yeah, dude. You want out. to be like Mitch. You're trying, you're on your way out. Mitch is like hating every second of it and talking shit the entire time. And I'm just like, yeah, but I like the yeah. stuff. You know what I mean like and they're just like, oh. I remember I would I would come in and be like, I want to talk about Beekler with Mitch. I'd be like, "Hey man, troll." And he's like, "Don't even fucking start." Like he, he was so he hated all that shit. He would talk shit constantly, and I love that. I remember yeah, right. at I'm at Henson's right, I, which is already that's like a dream come true. I'm at Henson's and I'm talking to John Criswell and Mitch Devane, and I bring up John Beekler, and the two of them just unload on me like they really like beat the shit out of me. And and Criswell said he's like he's like you like troll. I'm like I fucking love troll. Like you don't understand, man. Like that's like a next level. Like that that movie changed my life. And he's like, yeah, you should just kill yourself now, kid. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what I'm like, that's brutal. That was brutal. I mean, they were joking, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but right, right. It's like that that level of, like, disrespect for their <laughs> early years, you know what I mean? And how dare I be interested in, you know? Right, like right. Some- or
0: Savini or anything. You bring up Savini around mid- Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah, like- yeah. They just But that's destroy, the
0: shit that got me you know? into it, too. It's like uh Dawn of the Dead the 78 dollar debt was like that was the one that was like i gotta learn how to do this i got obsessed seeing those effects because they at the time and they still i think i still think i still think they hold up that arm bite the neck bite, shoulder bite i mean those are great and um you know there's some bad stuff in there too but but uh but of course yeah. but it's like i had the grand illusions book i was like a fan I, I i thought the stuff he was doing was really cool but man you bring it up to mitch and he's like he was just so he's just so bitter against all of that all of that fandom i guess yeah. but but um but but that's it also happens being in the industry a long time you know uh you, oh yeah it makes you more cynical about those things
1: yeah. And it's, it's hard to not get bitter. And, and, you know, there's times where you're disrespected and, mm-hmm. and it's the film industry as you know, right. not so much the creature, creature effects industry, but the film industry itself, it doesn't lend itself to, it's not like a meritocracy. You know what I mean? It's like, right. it, it, it there's it's weird. And, and right. it, I understand the, the bitterness. I understand it, but I also kind of pride myself in being like the, I want to be the super posse guy that shows up and goes, mm-hmm. Oh no, man, this is fun. Yeah. Man. yeah, yeah. This shit, right. And a lot of times, like, you kind of see even those guys, you know, as 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 bitter and crusty as, as they seem, <laughs> they're having fun, you know. Sometimes yeah, they're I know.
0: And they won't admit yeah, they, it. They won't admit it. Yeah, you
1: have to, like, yank it out of them, you know what I mean? Like, right. it was crazy you know miles tevis was there too at the same time and he's another one like he Mm. he he tries to be all crusty but you know at the end of the day he he loves this stuff and there's no reason to get into this business if you don't love it you know even if it turns into you know your your escape route and doing you're still doing monsters and stuff you're still involved in art and you still love that right and that's what i love about about your podcast right is you know you you talk like i escaped like like the creature effects world was this jail or this like <laughs> kind of de- desolate wasteland that you had like you had conquered you know which in a, in a way feels bittersweet to me because i'm like oh man i yeah. love it though and I, you know I, but at the same time you know you still i can tell you love it and when you speak right. about it yeah like yeah. that was a very important part of your life and Holy. an important part of of your growth as an artist and like 100%. you say like you know somebody like mitch the things you learned from him took you basically to the ceiling in this industry and you were able to take what you learned there and put it into your painting and dude that's that's what i love about your artwork is that i see the the sculpture in makeup it. Like the effects people, in. yeah
0: if you're a makeup oh, effects yeah. sculptor especially you can you can tell that that's my background it's like it's totally oh, in the paintings time. Uh, yeah
1: the, the the you know the way that the textures and, uh, the, and the wrinkles <laughs> and just the fleshiness of everything and how yeah. round the, you know everything is you then your understanding of light I don't think it comes naturally like you have to actually be looking at three-dimensional objects right. and creating three-dimensional objects yeah to understand light that way yeah. you know and, yeah
0: when you're sitting around sculptures all day and you're moving a lamp around it's like it gets imprinted in your brain how light yeah yeah. I always say it was like the best art school ever it was it was makeup effects and and I have to you know I have to uh I think that you being into it is totally cool and for me yeah. it was like it was like uh I just in in one in one way I loved it so much that I got super disappointed at at all the bullshit movie industry bullshit so so it was like that was part of what made me bitter is like, Oh, I love this so much. And they're taking all the fun out of it. But um, you know, with all the bullshit, but it was also just like the path, my personal path, you know, was to, was to do my own thing for whatever reason, my personality type or whatever. And after get, you know, I've said this on the podcast many times. It's like, once I got, it was almost like I had to get really negative about it at the end in order to leave it and 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 have the courage to try and do something else and after like a year away from it I realized it was like it was such the best job ever it's like how could I have ever complained about this and uh and I still you know totally miss sculpting every day I mean that's like it's super fun it's super fun I love you know whether you're you're hanging out with people you're talking and stuff or even like just getting in the zone by yourself with your headphones and just like totally getting, I mean, I just love the feeling of clay and a tool yeah, and, the, yeah. and the, and the and putting the prep, a certain amount of prep. I just love it. I love the sculpting process. Um So, it's so I'm not, you know, as much as I talk shit, it's like, I still <laughs> do have that love for it for sure, you know, and, and appreciation, yeah. which is why I have you guys on the podcast. Cause it's like, you know, I, I, I think it's cool that you guys are still doing it. And I also felt like, You know, not that that's the reason I left, but I also felt good about leaving so that you know other people could come in, like a younger generation could come in and and you know do do it. You know, because I had my time in it, so you know you guys should have your time in it too. And Uh, uh, and
1: that that's huge, man. Just the fact that you that you recognize that is is huge because you know it, it 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 means a lot. You know that. The next generation can come in, you know, and and look back at, at the stuff you did and go, holy shit, man, like I, I need to reach that. How do I do that? You know, and that's my little journey. You know what I mean? Right. And I, mm. I, I, I love I love the fact that, you know, you have your career now you know, as, a, as a fine artist, you know, and, and the whole dark art movement and everything like that. Because that's the next level of this right. for you. you know yeah, I mean? yeah. It's totally. not, it's not, it's not disconnected in any way. Right. You I agree. And, and you are sculpting, like I'm like I'm saying, well, you're sculpting with paint. And that inspires me again. So now I am actually looking at your paintings and trying to incorporate stuff over there <laughs> in my sculpture. You know what I'm saying? Cool. Yeah, and,
0: that's cool. Yeah, that's
1: cool. Oh, definitely, man. And and it's funny because you have I have like I have this obsession with with reference that started with Mitch as well, right? He he told me, oh, yeah. you know, no artists are only as good as their reference, right? Mm-hmm. And I yeah, I, I took that a certain way, and then I became a little obsessed with it, and I needed I needed <laughs> reference everywhere. I didn't know what an ear looked like unless mm-hmm. I was looking at it, you know what I mean? But it it kind of helped, it, you know, in a way. And I have other little things. I started to realize that I just want to nail the idea or like a concept somewhere that's in this this other sculpture or other art or something like that i'm not copying that but i need it to be there as an inspiration oh yeah it's and
0: important one of those things right
1: as you know the the rick baker troll right i mean yeah everyone's yeah like same the holy grail you that's know? how i learned like my
0: I, ears <laughs>
1: totally like I, I sometimes i'll just have that up there i might be sculpting like a squid monster right. yeah, but i yeah. have the troll there just as like a a weird like litmus point where i can hit like the barometer of cool i'm trying you right. know and you know your work is like that too I, I take a few paintings something that inspires me that that you did and just have it there on on my laptop and it's oh, like that's cool <laughs> not even in the same world but i i know that like that's going in that direction i need it to be in this like realm of cool you know what Oh, I mean? that's cool i appreciate
0: uh, that that's awesome
1: yes so think about how i mean I can't be the only person doing that, so you're connected to Creature Effects, like you're tethered to it forever, right? right? You know, whether whether you like it or not, you know what I mean. No, it's, it's like, cool. Is, I, I've yeah.
0: I've yeah, I've come to it. Um, it's so I I swear it was like it was it was from being around Mitch for five years. I got so <laughs> anti anti. Oh my god! I, I had his attitude, and and um, uh, and when I got out, it's like even when I was starting my art career, I would never talk about effects. It was so stupid. It's like, and, and as, as I, as time went on, um, I realized it's like, people are interested in effects. Like they want to know that I have a background in effects. It's interesting. It's as an artist, you're kind of supposed to um, talk about what makes you unique and, and your history and stuff. And I like, I missed out on year, like 10 years. I didn't talk about it. I was, cause I was like, stupid like i was like i'm gonna make it as a fine artist without you know without anything yeah, yeah. and it's a shitty industry blah 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 and um and and you know like i said like after i had the you know i'm t- i left i think maybe 2009 ish on Blan- land of the lost and i and and that's what I, I got because i got laid off at spectral and um and instead of looking for another job i was like okay i'm going to try this art full-time but i had been trying from like 2000 or the early 2000s to make it happen doing art shows and stuff and um but i just realized you know once i got out of the industry for a while i realized like how stupid that was because because people are like i saw your name in a movie and it's like i was making the path so much take so much longer because i wasn't talking about all this history i had in effects and so now it's like i'm something i'm proud of and, and i and i it's part of like my history as an artist you know um oh yeah i still i still love that stuff i really do i think it's cool i think it's uh i am like i geek out on it i I see your guys sculptures and like i was looking at your (laughs) website and it's like you know makes me miss doing that again that that's the other thing i want to talk to you about was the uh the uh mask sculpting you do which is like you have it like as another the halloween industry kind of mask stuff i so love that shit I, that's yeah, like, in a way i kind of miss that as much or more than the effects stuff because there's not like there's limitations like you have to make a neck thicker than you'd like but there's not limitations yeah. on like how it gets mechanized and what the expression needs to be so that it can move a certain way it's like you have it's like yeah. more sculpture sculptural in a way halloween masks and it's like in my fantasy world i could make masks again i'd have a mask shop because it's like it's it's, i just think that stuff is so fun like i totally get why jordan does it and you know uh uh, a a few other places do it like what's the so you work for you do sculptures for uh trick-or-treat is that what studios yeah
1: yeah i've i've basically worked with every mask company that Mm. that's out there you know right now you know i i worked for the the big holy three in my in my you know, in my world, was uh, Don Post Studios right towards the end. Unfortunately, oh, okay. I know I'm always too <laughs> late for everything. But I got I got two or three masks in there before they closed their doors. You know, I, I worked for Distortions a, a bunch. You know, Distortion Unlimited, and I worked for uh Be Something Studios, which is now Zagoni Studios. I got one in there for them. You know, more recently uh, after their their Be Something. But to me, that that's that's a, a huge deal, and I I just love masks. You know, uh, me and my buddy Josh Waslink, we started Nightmare Force Masks, which is sort of our our own little oh, really? you know, homage to yeah to eighties eighties masks. And uh, Josh is is he, it's his he's it's his brainchild and stuff. He he's the CEO. He runs the whole thing. He makes every single mask. He paints every mask that leaves there, sort of like like Jeff Death Death Studio style. Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, he's just building and building. We're we're eventually going to get to mass production and, and really you know start start jamming with that stuff. Oh, but, that's cool. Uh, I I love mass like like you said it, it is more sculptural. You get an expression in there. Yeah, you right. Freeze it in time. You know, and and trying to work in the movement and, and expression and stuff into something static like that is uh, to me that that's so much more interesting and fun and, and, yeah. and freeing. Right. Yeah, I think it's a sculptor,
0: like, especially you know.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's something beautiful about doing a great makeup. Right. But you're, you're early on in that process and it's so technical and everything has to make sense. You know, you're, you're making something with very specific parameters. Same thing with, with an animatronic, you know, mask or something like that. It has to do certain things. It, it, it has to get this range of, of emotion. You can't just throw it all in there, even though we always try, like every sculptor is like trying to put that brow (laughs) in, you know, but it's like, that's what I love about mass, you know? And again, like I was saying before, it's the entire process, you know, it's, it's design, it's sculpture, mm-hmm. it's, it's you know, mold making, it's casting, it's seaming, it's hair work, finishing paint, you know, everything like that. And if, you know, somebody like Jordu or, or Casey love or something like that, they're doing it on, on a level that is so insane. It's, it is, it's screen ready, you know? All right, um, Yeah. Know,
0: it's art. It really, monsters, it's you art, know? you know, it's like, I, I, oh, yeah. I love the idea of taking, this lowbrow thing that people don't take seriously like a, mo- a halloween mask and then like doing it so well that you can only regard it as like a fine art piece you know and it oh, re- it's really what it is um but yeah i love that yeah. i even you know doing pottery plaster molds i mean the process of oh, casting yeah. is fun when you i i enjoyed it because we ran Alt tony had that Tony Gardner had that mask company that Lauren Githens and I started and ran for a few Ghost years. Ghost Factory, right? Ghost yeah, Factory, yeah. and it was like, yeah. you know, making the one piece, you know, casting a latex and poly foam of the the sculpture, and then seaming it, and then doing a production mold, a one piece plaster uh, pottery plaster, and then pouring yeah. it so it gets the right skin. It's and the, it's just, I love it. I, I really enjoyed yeah. that. I was bummed that the whole thing got closed down, but um I i thought that was yeah. so much fun just coming up with cool designs. It's like I dig yeah, it. And that's it. That's it.
1: Cool designs. Like yeah. it, just, it just it just has to be cool. Like there's no, you know, and that, right. that's what's awesome about it. And like you said, dwelling a mask and pulling that fresh latex and said smell of everything. It's yeah. like there's nothing really like it. I know it's I, so I think, cool. I still need to master how I can get the latex to come through my paint job. Like I just want to leave that right, raw latex right. coming through yeah. because nothing looks like that. I know. Then I know. It yellows over time I know, and I it know. gets all fucked up and that's like, but there's nothing like that. I've tried a million different tricks, but I know. nothing works the same. You know? Yeah. It's like but that Ghost slight Factory, translucency. I mean, oh yeah. Ghost Factory. I mean that, that, that stuff is amazing, man. That's why I, I did like five or six years ago, I did this art show at uh, the Lethal Amounts gallery oh, yeah. in LA. Mm. And it was art of the Halloween mask, you know? And I had, you know, collections of, of old masks, you know, from the from the 60s and 70s alongside like brand new stuff and high-end stuff like Jordu stuff and Casey and like John Fuller and like all the, all these badasses. And um, I had some old school guys like like Bob Short involved and stuff like that, that you know, doing new masks oh, and wow. stuff. And um, one big thing was I, I wanted to have chet czar masks somewhere in there right <laughs> so i i asked everyone i'm like does anybody have any ghost factory i mean hemlock stitches you know what i mean those yeah. those two masks those alone were giant like, masks. they were,
0: huge. <laughs> they were oh, literally yeah. huge we like sculpt the first round of those were like too big but whatever yeah maybe yeah, i don't know them the, down. Oh, i don't know if those ones were there was like a certain phase that we didn't know we were doing like that shotgun louis fa- remember lauren oh, did that yeah, shotgun yeah, yeah. louis i think it was fucking like a mardi gras mask it's so big
1: that's awesome <laughs> yeah. dude we've we've all done that i mean i still yeah. do that sometimes like i'm like it'll shrink i can't right i, keep about I know that's what we were trying like, to figure out yeah it's so big. i actually did i did a a warmonger like the that demon nightmare demon from from american werewolf with the helmet the the, the famous rick baker one right yeah, obviously yeah. uh it goes without saying but i did it and I was all proud of it and shit, but I I went real big because <laughs> it was going mass production with Trick or Treat Studios. Right. So I knew like eventually it's going to get so, you know, molded down and, and shrunk down. And so it's so huge. I had it at Palooza, and Rick comes by and I'm like, holy shit, man. I'm like, Rick, Rick, what do you think? Because Norman, you know, he kind of fucked me up. I mean, Norman Cabrera <laughs> told me that it was awesome. So I thought I had, I had something. I had, I had nailed it. You know what I mean? Because Norman is the American werewolf right. guy, right? But Rick walks by and he looks at it and he's just sort of like, "Yeah, it's too fucking big." And he like walked away. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Like you know, just, just uh, destroyed me. Yeah, that's I'm weird. like trying to explain like, "No, no, wait, wait, it's mass production. That's why." Ah, shit, you know, that was it. But oh man, but yeah, man i i wanted I wanted a stitches or or a hemlock or something, just because. I mean, you're you're the epitome of mask gone fine art, right? Like. You started doing creature effects and masks. Now you are fine art. Like, you know, that's like, that's what you do and what you're known for now. So Uh having one of your pieces there to me was like, see, just like Chet, Chet, he's like the whole spectrum there, you know, Uh. but (laughs) there's a dude, there's this dude who will remain nameless for the podcast, but he kind of jerked me around for months and months saying that he had this whole collection of your stuff. And he would love to put it in the show. He had some Rick Baker pieces too, that he said he had all his shit. And I'm like, cool, man, what's up? When can I get it? When can I get it? When can I get it? He seriously dragged me along, like, you know, with the carrot in front of me for months to the point where the show was about to happen. And I'm like, dude, I don't think I'm getting these masks. And he's like, so you want these masks or what? And I'm like, what?
0: Oh, man. How
1: dare you? <laughs> After all this fucking time, I was like, fuck you, dude. And it's like, <laughs> I didn't want his masks. You know what I mean? At that point. Right. The funny thing is, though, he put all those masks in the iMatch show a few months later. Oh, and I, just, I was like, son of a bitch. Because those, they belonged in my art. Right. Show. That's what the whole thing. Was. Yeah, exactly. Art of the Halloween mask. Better, you know better
0: better context to have them in in, in an art in yeah. an art show like that
1: yeah, yeah. and the i, I- might's crowd they don't care about yeah, right rick right. baker half masks from 1974 right. I mean, they
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i wish i i i wish i had kept kept all the i i know i have some like random stuff in my attic like foam filled but i don't think it's i don't remember it being anything good like it might have been there was that those ones where you where you look like the you put your it's like a head like a demon's eating you and it's got these hands and your your face is there and it's like you're in the mouth and i think (laughs) i've got one of those up there or i have to i have to look it's probably all rotted by now but anyway so yeah yeah that's awesome yeah Yeah, it's i didn't keep i didn't keep looking back i should have kept a bunch of dark man i had opportunities to keep so much cool stuff yeah. that i just didn't I, you know at the time i just kind of took it for granted you know what
1: i mean oh yeah well tony still has them at, at the shop i actually got to work oh, really? there last summer yeah and and I go in there and I kind of felt like a dick, you know, like uh, Tom flouts is like, Hey, check it out. Like this is the shop. And I'm all excited. And then I see the dark man mask in a case. And I was like, Holy shit, the dark man mask. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? Like of, of all the stuff that we've done, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm a mask nerd. Like, what do you want from me? You know? But yeah, those guys are so cool, man. Like yeah. I, I actually, I haven't gotten to meet Tony just cause he wasn't around. He was upset right. or whatever. When, when I went through there, and I only worked there that one time. But you know that again, the Blob era. I mean, uh, the Ghost Factory stuff. I mean, that. Yeah. I wish I had a fucking time machine. You know what I mean? Like that's. <laughs>
0: that it was fun. Insane. We had, we had we definitely definitely had a lot of fun uh, doing that stuff for sure. Um, oh, definitely. Uh, oh man, I had a good point. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you something. One second. Uh. It's gone. You know, the latex thing, you might be able to do some yeah. kind of UV coating after yeah. you paint it so that it doesn't yellow. I wonder if that would work or some kind of additive to the latex.
1: Yeah, that's definitely, I, I got to try that. And I there's a couple out there uh i think krylon makes makes a few but then the the spray on it's like you know it it can crack and stuff like that i need something kind of rubbery but there there is options one thing that that actually wayne anderson he came up with this kind of genius idea um well he's a badass himself wayne yeah yeah yeah. he's amazing dude he's he's amazing but he he's always got these kind of cool little technical tricks he's like dude just go to fucking home depot bring some latex bring a mask and have them scan it and then so i have like a house paint like latex paint base paint, oh, yeah. That's a latex color, you know. So I would just base the whole thing out in a latex color, and that you know sort of cheats it <laughs> well enough, but it's just not the same. It doesn't I, have that translucent. I remember but... seeing,
0: I, I ever, re- yeah, I remember seeing uh Mark Jorinko when I was working at Rick's do something with latex. I don't know, he was like screwing around with rubber cement paint, airbrushing it, like spattering and stuff on latex. On the raw latex, I think it was just like yeah. some paint test and it looked really good. Like it almost looked like oh, silicone yeah. because of that that uh latex was was the base and like yeah stuff yeah. kind of soaked in. So I think there's there's uh although you know there the the new thing though is like silicone masks where you can just totally you know oh yeah yeah it's just so compl- that's just, so like, complicated now though.
1: <laughs> Oh yeah, it's 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 too much. I can't do those kind of moles and, and all that yeah. all that measuring is too much for me. I just I just dwell it in a, yeah. in a nice thick tire, tire mask, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I used I used to paint all my stuff with, with that latex layer showing through and like do my teeth where they were just latex color with a slight like dust of white on there. Right. So they just kind of had this like tobacco stain, like weird translucency, like like teeth actually have It it's so cool. But then you see like somebody buys your mask. And they send you a picture like six years later, yeah. and are like, Oh, I, I love this thing. And I'm like, You still love that thing? It looks like shit. Yeah, I'm like, changed. I gotta, I gotta fix that thing. I am so sorry. And they're like, What are you talking about? Like, they don't even see yeah, it. Yeah, right. But I'm like now obsessed. Yeah, it, it, so. it changed,
0: it changed along. They they were it was like they didn't notice it changing, so they stayed in love yeah. with it as it went that's pretty cool actually it's kind of funny yeah
1: it's like guacamole you leave it out and it turns brown all weird after time that's basically <laughs> so fucked up
0: so okay we're getting to the I, i'm keeping you longer than than uh, i said i would but uh do, you, do what oh, i some... can do this all night <laughs> i know it's, it's pretty fun i have to admit talking talking about the old days and and effects and stuff um you know so what's the state of the industry now? I have been out of it for so long. And I honestly, I kind of was like, I was at, you know, of the era when Jurassic Park came around and digital came around and I was thinking, Oh, it's over. And, and it didn't go away, which was super cool. Like it it's been, there's been like a resurgence over the last few years and it's gotten, you know, you got people like Guillermo who's doing uh, Guillermo del Toro doing You know, pushing for practical effects, and a lot of directors are starting to do that. And so, I'm I'm actually really happy that to see that it's still super active and it's not going anywhere. um I mean, how is it? How is it compared to when you started? Like, what are the, what's it like now?
1: Yeah, I mean, what's crazy is, you know, Jurassic Park. There was that moment where everyone like froze and they were like, "Oh (laughs) shit, what's going to happen?" you know? And then there were the people that said, this isn't going to last. And there were people that said, no, there'll always be a place. Right. And then we, I came in like way after that. And it's funny, as I'm coming in, people are saying, this is a dying industry. What right. are you doing? Right, Why are right. you coming here? And I'm like, look, I don't, even if I have to be here for the death rattle, I want to be a part of this. I mean, <laughs> this, I don't have any other options. You
0: right. Know? Right.
1: Like I, you know, I have no skills whatsoever. <laughs> you know? So I, uh, I've seen it kind of fluctuate. Like every time there's a writer strike, it's like it's all over, and then it comes back. And you know, COVID was a thing where it's like, oh shit, how are we going to bounce back? But then after COVID, it's like everyone just wanted content, so it was just like people right. were jamming, everyone working. Yeah. And genre stuff is always like a sure thing, right? You right. do a horror movie, you do a, a, a comic book movie, or something like that. You're always going to have an audience there. It's built in. So unfortunately. What I see is that there has to be Guillermo people that are so obsessed with it that they're they're insisting that Mm -hmm. it's there. I I think that that's good that that those people are there, and I think there'll be more of that, and I hope there is more of that. But a lot of times too, a lot of it has become like specialty costumes, which is still amazing and it's an amazing art form, but it's just a little different than like the fun monster stuff and animatronics and the, the puppets that I love. So it's like a lot of times we're doing lighting. You know, reference and we're doing things that have right. to be wheeled around on set so that your actor has an eyeline and you might build the shed of it but it's all going to get covered up with cg right. anyway and that i don't necessarily think that like I don't, I don't have a problem with cg i just think it needs to work in congruence better for sure and you have to have somebody like yermo somebody that's leading the charge that goes no we need to do it this way mm-hmm. i'm insisting yeah. and i have the clout to to throw my weight around you know what i mean and i think more people are doing that you have the whole independent market where people are coming up saying no i want to make old school shit like that's why i I got into this so we'll always have a place and and uh, i so the state of the industry is good right now everyone seems to be working you know there's always something to do but I, i think that the art form still needs to be celebrated by when you go to the theater you see that finished product up there in all its right. glory and you know and, and that that's really the point right that's what it should be mm-hmm. it's not about streaming it's not about you know cleaning everything up with cg it's you know it's about going to the theater and looking up there and actually seeing the puppet that you built you right
0: around. yeah i think that i think that young there's there's a lot of i i, I mean it's amazing uh the The industry can, or the effects industry specifically, can really. It's like Guillermo is sort of the savior for makeup effects. He's got he's an Oscar dude now. He's got oh, like yeah. what does he have? Two Oscars now or one? I don't know how many. I think two. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's got two Oscars, and it's like he's the guy. He's the monster guy. He's he's one of us that made it in in as a director. You know, oh, he yeah. had an effects shop. He's into it, so he's kind of like you know, one of the big reasons I think it's stuck around and he's inspiring, you know, there's, there's these younger directors. I worked uh, on this independent movie called bliss doing like a painting for the movie. And um, the director, Joe Vegas, he's, he's like practical, practical effects guy. He's like all about old school. He shot that movie bliss on 16 millimeter film. That's awesome. Yeah. Even though you can kind of fake it, he didn't want to, he like totally, did it all 16 millimeter um and he's all about practical effects and i know like everything he does has practical effects in it and it's like and it, and he's kind of like the ne- the new generation of you know oh, yeah. independent horror directors so i think there's i think it's it's good it's a good sign um oh yeah the- i liked
1: yeah. bliss a lot actually and I, I i have a hard time with a lot of new horror i'm like yeah like, like yeah 80s but I, I thought it was great you know and, I, yeah. and that's <laughs> refreshing you know like, yeah that guy's stuff is great you know you got steve Kostansky is doing awesome stuff he was one of the astron six guys from from canada you know yeah, he did the that... the void and and oh um,
0: yeah that's a, that was yeah that was awesome
1: yeah, yeah, Psycho Goreman was his new one. It was more more like a trauma style, like superhero, Toxic Avengers. Oh, style. I haven't I mean, seen it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty fun. But even guys like like Robert Egger, he's the guy that did The Witch, you know, and just uh, more yeah, more yeah. recently, mm-hmm. yeah, Northman. I mean, that dude he he's his pedigree he's like a super art you know auteur style director yeah yeah. you know and now he's getting bigger and bigger like i think this Northman movie is probably his most commercially successful so far so it's like those guys oh right they they believe in that stuff as well so there is a whole new generation yeah yeah so i mean that's that's pretty huge so i think there'll always be a, a you know a place for it but i'm like I want to go back to the cellar dweller days. Like that's like, that's my shit. You know what I mean? Like dude, I love I'll never that. forget, man.
0: One of the first, the, I got a funny cellar d- dweller story. My first like shop job, I think was, I was on that. I was green as hell. I was like just out of high school and John Criswell had me make a, a mold of cellar dweller's hand and I made it too thin. And I, pried it open and it broke in half and he got so pissed at me he was so mad at me i felt like shit oh my god and it was like you know we repaired it it was and it was like mmi you can get away with that stuff it doesn't matter it's getting covered with oh, hair yeah. everything looks like crap anyway i mean beekler was awesome Beekler was super cool a, a, a great dude that's the one thing about mitch is like he'd always talk shit about the mmi stuff he did at, at Beekler's. But he never, you know, talked. He always talked fondly of John. Like he always said, John gave him like a his start. He got him his first car. He was really like a generous guy in that way. But um, yeah, they sent me to Italy to work on those movies. That's huge, it's, That's huge man. Pulse Pounders, Cellar Dweller, and it was like <laughs> they sent me over for Cellar Dweller. I'd never even been in a plane before, like to another state. <laughs> and I went to Italy, That's awesome. and uh, yeah, Cellar Dweller, and then at, then that pulse pounders movie and then this really terrible thing called transformations really bad piece of shit i've seen it oh really you've seen
1: that (laughs) oh dude yeah
0: i i i I think i have it on vhs (laughs) i don't know if you remember but there's these like bubbly pus sacks that people developed on their skin and that was that was my innovation for that movie where it was like so funny it was I would stip a latex on, and I'd do the whole thing where you pull a little bubble out, and then I would inject it with pus or whatever, and that was like <laughs> yeah. me me innovating on this. I was so low budget; it was like nobody cared about the movie at all. It was like oh, that's this I could go into it. There's like so many so many crazy stories, but okay, okay, let's let's wrap. I love up. it though. I,
1: <laughs> I just 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 to finish Beakler. I mean, like like i i love that era right you know yeah i mean seller yeah. dollar was huge and think about the guys that came through Beekler's shop you know think about Chris know. Will, yourself mitch Devane, jeff dave, kennemore dave i kinlan. mean like dave kinlan i mean these guys are like you guys became legendary and the top of the class you know what i mean yeah and it's
0: amazing yeah from
1: Buechler, you know, and savini has those guys too right like, like yeah like totally. and stuff like that yep. you know and, and the john volches and it's like you know, that, that is part of it. Right. Yeah, it's an yeah Important part. Yeah. And that's why I like the, the schlocky, you know, yeah. stuff <laughs> so much, you know, it's, it's, it's a big deal.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I do too. I mean, it's uh, it's it just, it's like, it's funny because I'm, you know, probably 15 years older than you. So it's like my fondest memories were the seventies, super shitty stuff in the seventies, yeah, yeah. you know, when I was a kid, Uh like like uh Octoman. I saw I remember seeing Octoman on TV as a little kid and being like, whoa, totally freaking me out, you know, and thinking it was like the most amazing thing. (laughs) But I still love it. You know, I still I I just you know, I think when you see stuff at a certain age, it just sticks with you and you just love you love it no matter what, you know, you don't the flaws are part of what you love about it because it's just it's its own thing. You're not judging it against reality, you're just a, a kid who's having this amazing experience with something that's freaking them out. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. And there's beauty to it. There's something yeah, there. I know. Even right. It, it's cornflakes and shit. Like all, all, the, all the, you know, <laughs> totally. the seventies the, the Italian shit, like all, all yep. this. I love all that stuff. Yeah. You know? and, and, <laughs> I mean, like burial ground. Like I'm, I'm like obsessed with that shit, you know, right. it's like, but yeah, yeah. But yeah
0: it's awesome. So, okay. Well, to wrap it up, what, what are, I mean, what's what's in your future i also want to ask you what are like some of the notable what are you proud of having worked on what are your favorite projects that you've worked on that you think you've done your best work with
1: oh man that's that's kind of a rough one i i mean um I'm pretty excited about some of the stuff we've been doing at K B lately. Uh, mm. Greg Nicotero has the new Creepshow series. Uh, oh, which, you worked. Which is oh,
0: a, that's right. I, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but, but you worked on something I did for that. That last Subaraya or whatever. The
1: oh yeah, you're yeah. credited
0: on it because I I did the painting for that the painting
1: that's right yeah that's <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah dave, dave grasso did did that character that that awesome monster oh, okay cool stuff. cool yeah yeah which which is dude dave is a badass man he's like yeah. you know one of the top dudes you know, yeah he's as awesome. well
0: yeah he's a good guy and i gotta I learned get him a, on shit
1: load from him oh yeah. dude yeah he's he's amazing he's another one of those guys that can do everything you know? right yeah his, yeah and his he's... digital stuff is out of this world yeah
0: so, yeah you know so, but, so, um, so you're doing creep show, you're you're doing some really cool stuff for that.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm just having a blast with it because it's very fun, just 80s style monster stuff. Oh yeah. And, and because, would, because Greg is in charge. Oh yeah. And, and Greg, it's Greg's show. So right. he, what what he says goes. So it's like we don't really have a lot of production breathing down our neck, and we get to just do fun stuff, and it's big, and there's puppets and it's crazy. And, I, yeah. and we've been doing even miniature puppets and stuff, like really trying to do you know, what, what we always wanted to do with this type of stuff. So I'm lucky to be a part of that. You know, we get to do a, a 12 foot werewolf, like marionette style puppet that had a head that was sort of like a throwback to fluffy from the original creep show. Mm -hmm. So cool. For for me, that was a huge deal. I I was like the coolest thing ever, just as a, as a nerd and, and as, as a sculptor, just being able to to jump on that. And it was, the head was massive. It it was so cool. So (laughs) You know, stuff like that. That that's my favorite stuff to do. You know, I yeah. I I just creature suits, you know, big animatronic stuff. I want to do the bigger the monster, the better. You know, for me, and that that's been really exciting to do. You know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Those are those. You know, those are the things. You know, stuff like The Walking Dead, which I think you work You've worked on The Walking Dead.
1: Yeah, I got it's, to work on the the last two seasons. So
0: okay, yeah, really- like Walking Dead and Creep Show. I still to me, those are like those are the ones that I see, and I'm like damn i wish i was still <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was, yeah. you know that's when i st- kind of miss it is, is those kind of projects it's like damn oh well you know you, you, you can't have everything but so I, I so i'm definitely envious of some of the stuff you get to work on now uh you know yeah it's
1: been it's been fun man and zombies i could do zombies all day me so too I, I'm, man i'm excited about that so
0: that's what my next show is going to be all these zombie death bots oh, i call nice. them they're all zombie robot combinations Like you, if if you made a zombie, if you made a robot out of cadavers is the concept or, or if you made a row, if, or you made robots out of humans and the bodies started dying, but the mechanics kept working and they're really old and rusty. So that's going to be the show I got.
1: I love it. I love it. You know, I wanted to say that actually about, about dystopia, like the the concept behind everything is so insane. Like, I mean, the artwork is so awesome already, but taking it to that level when I, when I was going through, talk about D D, right. I yeah, got this vibe totally. of like, this is, this is totally a role-playing game in the yeah. making
0: yeah, like, yeah. the whole
1: thing, the worlds you're creating, the different classes and stuff. And like, yeah. it's like one of those monster Bible encyclopedias of like just the monster manual style. That's, that was it's the like, idea. You
0: know? Yeah. I love that. I'm that. I mean,
1: Have you thought about, Going that far. Oh, like yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah.
0: Shit. For sure. Shit. That's, that's, yeah. There's so, like, anything you could think of. I'm thinking about that. <laughs> TV yeah. show, movie, role playing game, oh, yeah. Magic the Gathering kind of card game, vid- VR world. You know, it's like, I, I'm whatever comic book. And, you know, that's, it's like, that's next year I'm going to start thinking about that because I still have to get, like, so much, so much, uh, i'm still delivering on that kickstarter that five-year-old kickstarter so oh, yeah so it's like i have yeah. to get that out of the way and some commissions and stuff but yeah i'm glad you like it Dude, it
1: was um, worth it man it was worth the wait oh, i appreciate
0: it <laughs> it's, it's beautiful so and it's awesome. small, and and it's... Dude,
1: when you do when you do the movie
0: oh yeah up, man I oh absolutely to, the <laughs> that would be the, the the dream is to have that turn into a movie and have a bunch of my friends working on it that would be the best and and get to get to work on that stuff again that would be super cool so
1: it's possible you never know
0: yeah yeah you never know you never know uh well cool man i'm gonna let you go because i've kept you way way too long but man that was super super fun catching up and uh hearing your story i really enjoyed it really enjoyed um talking with you about this stuff it's cool made, made me made, i enjoy talking
1: with you man like i said you're you're a hero man seriously uh, and before, <laughs> before 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 we go i just got to mention one thing right the troll that you did for Hansel and gretel right
2: oh thanks <laughs> yeah
1: just, just so just so you know that's like a benchmark i, I mean i'm that movie was awful I, I i you know that right yeah i haven't but, seen it
0: <laughs> i knew it was i heard yeah, it was bad, exactly
1: <laughs> That character, even just the behind-the-scenes, like you know, movement tests that that Spectral put on YouTube, yeah, dude, that that is next level. You, Mark trackian everyone involved, it's a perfect creature effect, right? It's a perfect creature head suit animatronic. It does everything. I mean, from that tongue, the way the tongue moves, yeah, and I mean, he did the way yeah, that sculpture incredible. crinkles and wrinkles all in the right places. Uh, I, I aspire everything I work on. I want to push to that level. Like seriously, that that. (laughs) Hellboy 2, that, that whole era of Spectral, I, I wish the entire industry was just like ramping it up to 11 the way you guys did on on that project. So I'm just, just throwing that out there. I
0: I, (laughs) I appreciate that. Yeah. That was one that I kind of went to go work just for a couple of weeks, you know, just as a little short gig after I was out. So it's like you yeah. know, I'll I like to be able to do that from time to time, you know, work on do a mask or a sculpture. But Mitch did the maquette. I was sculpting oh, off wow. of Mitch's maquette for that creature. That's yeah, awesome. so I was yeah, like, I didn't even know that. Yeah, so that was kind of a cool thing. He couldn't do it, so they hired me to do it, That's and awesome. I just, yeah, yeah. So well, thanks. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was nice. love it, man, love it. Uh, so, uh, how can people find your work if they want to see it? i'll put it uh, well, in the description my, also but what's your website cool, and all that? Cool.
1: i appreciate that my my instagram page is probably the best it's it's at mikey rots m-i-k-e-y-r-o-t-s and uh you can find me on facebook you can find my website is mikey rots as well mikey so um check out nightmareforce.com if you get a chance to see those masks and uh yeah i mean hit me up i'm down to bullshit about monsters any day
0: all right cool well thanks for yeah that mikey rots is like the greatest name too that's one thing. that's part of the reason uh that you you you, you've always stuck in my head is like mikey rots that's such a great name (laughs) every time i see mikey rots i'm like good name good name um oh that's cool yeah so Okay, well don't hang up yet, but we'll stop the recording, but um yeah, thanks again. Totally had a great time. Super fun talking to you and uh say definitely man. say goodbye to the audience. Say goodbye, audience.
1: Goodbye everybody. Thank you for, you know, dealing with me for this long, but you know, chat, you're the man, seriously.
0: Oh, you're the man. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Thanks.